Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The countdown to green. Everybody and welcome along to our coverage of the Michelin Pilot Challenge. It's John Hindorf and the rest of the team here at the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, we're at the Mid Ohio Sports Car Course, originally opened in 1962. Green flag, not too far away. We are uh, getting ready for not one but two races this weekend. Let's get straight to the grid. Here's Jeremy Shaw uh, with the runners and riders. Thanks, John. This is round six of this year's Michelin Pilot Challenge. We're going to have 28 cars in the starting line. We should have had 29. Unfortunately, Frank Depew crashed the Rebel Rock Chevrolet yesterday. That was a winner last time. That car will not start. There's nine TCR cars and 19 GS. Starting at the back, Parker Chase in car number 29 in the Hyundai will start in the 14th row alongside Gavin Ernstone in the Audi car number 61. Row 13 is Ryan Norman, local driver from just up the road in the Cleveland area in car number 33, that's the winner last time out and the championship leader. Mark Wilkins in car number 21, another Hyundai will start in the 25th position. Ahead of him on the grid, uh, her best qualifying run to date in the LA Honda World Honda Civic t- uh, Civic TCR is car number 77, that's Taylor Hagler alongside Michael Johnson in the Audi. Uh, on to the third position in qualifying in TCR, Ryan Block in number 5, Alfa Romeo Giulietta alongside Michael Lewis, number 98, Brian Honda. Brian Herter, Hyundai, but on the pole position for the third time is Max Fortner in car number 23. That's the fast MD racing with Speed Syndicate Audi RS3. Moving on to GS. Vin Barletta, number 96, Turner Most Sport BMW in the 19th position. And if next row forward on the grid is Brent Mosing, car number 65, the Murillo Mercedes. Alongside him, the Audi of Carbon Motorsports, car number 93, is Mark Siegel. Row 13 is James Pezek in the Ford Mustang and alongside Michael McCann Jr. from Ohio making his return to the series in car number eight. In the 12th row of the grid is James Cox in the Riley Motorsports Mercedes alongside Tom Collingwood, number 38 Porsche 718 Cayman GT4. Row six of the grid, Chandler Hull making his debut for far track racing in the BMW, that's car number 26. And happy birthday, Chandler, it's his 26th birthday here today. Alongside him on the grid, Sheila Monk, in the Motorsports in Action, McLaren, that's car number three. Row five is Nick Galanti in the Bimmer World BMW, car number 80. Alongside Alan Brynjolfsson in car number seven, the Archangel Motorsports Porsche. And row four of the grid, Bryce Ward in car number 57, the one of two Windward Racing Mercedes. Alongside the Turner Motorsport BMW, car number 95 is Robbie Foley. Row three 
is James Clay in number 82 Bimmer World BMW, alongside Scott Maxwell, the veteran in car number 22 of the Multimatic Motorsports Fund Ford Mustang GT4. Row two of the grid, it's all Mercedes. Car number 56, best qualifying run of the year so far for, for Jeff Mosing from Murillo Racing. Alongside him is Russell Ward in car number four for Windward Racing. Onto the front row of the grid, defending series champion for Carbon with Peregrine Racing, that's an Audi R8 GT4. Car number 39 is Tyler McQuarrie, and on the pole position for the third time this season, uh, and is the uh, the uh, second place in the championship by just one point behind its fellow front row qualifier for Core Motorsports Aston Martin Vantage GT4 on the pole position in car number 60 is Nate Stacy. So that will be our starting lineup for the Mid Ohio 120. This is the sixth round of the championship. It seems very strange with uh, halfway to be halfway through the season and it's the end of September. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Welcome to beautiful Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, just outside of Lexington, Ohio. This track, which has been home to sports car racing for close to six decades now. One of the most beautiful circuits that we come to in terms of the course, just at the base of the Great Lakes in central Ohio, about an hour and a half north of Columbus. 13 turns, 2.258 miles with such legendary areas of the circuit as the keyhole, the carousel, and of course, the end of the start at turn four. Yeah, but the start of the race here is actually on the run down to that complex where the cars are now at the moment. It's quite extraordinary. that, uh, And I think unique. We uh, still haven't worked out that there's anywhere else. Rob, our London producer, reckons that Anderstorp in the 1970s uh, may have had a different start and finish line. Not just on the same straight, but somewhere completely different uh, indeed. Jeremy Shaw joins me, John Hindhoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. You've just heard from Shea Adam in the VP, uh, as our VP, Racing Pit and Paddock uh, reporter. Uh, fabulous to have two two-hour races this weekend. Jeremy, and the first time we've done that in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Yeah, indeed. This is effectively a, a make-up for, uh, for some of the races lost due to COVID uh, earlier in the season, particularly, I think, the uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park no longer, well, not this year, part of the series. So we're having this second race here at Mid-Ohio instead. But what a great place to have a double header because it's always exciting action here on this two-and-a-quarter-mile racetrack. Originally... Uh came into being in 1962 with 16 corners that didn't work at all there was a corner going down into thunder valley and it slowed things down uh, too much so by 1963 it was pretty much as you see it now at 2.4 miles uh, and in 1963 also the first sports car race here was won by the man who's been made famous by the le mans 1966 movie ken miles won a 168 mile contest here we'll go a wee bit further than that today in the next two hours at imza ratio if you'd like to get in touch with us as we are ready to go for the mid ohio 
120. Uh, some interesting changes, Jeremy, particularly in the TCR field. The Hyundais have put on a few kilos. Yes, they have. Uh, there's been a, a couple of changes there in the uh, balance of performance coming into this weekend. The Audis have added 20 kilos and the Hyundai's 60. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the race unfolds. It was The Audi still was on the pole position uh, and uh, some of the, the Audi, the Hyundai's languishing a little bit further down the pack. But Michael Lewis, uh, defending series champion, of course, along with Mark Wilkins last season, he qualified in the second position. That's his best qualifying of the year so far. So I think it's going to be a really tight battle in TCR and, well, in GS, it always is, isn't it? Always is. Great to see the Aston Martin on pole position uh, ahead of Tyler McQuarrie or alongside Tyler McQuarrie uh, in the car that's uh, had such a good couple of seasons, that dark grey with bright green Audi R8 GT4. Winwood Racing right up there as well with uh, Russell Ward and Jeff Morsing with Marillo Racing alongside the two AMG GT4s then on the second row of the grid, the four and the 56. Behind them, it's a Ford Mustang, Scott Maxwell uh, in position number five. Uh, and in position six, James Clear for Bimmer World in the first of the BMW M4 GT4s. Just proving the kind of variety that we love in this GS Grand Sport, but running to GT4 regulations. The Aston, unmistakable in its colour scheme as the safety car pulls off into the pit lane, but not coming to the start here. Remember, they've got half a lap to go. What will happen is the two hours will start to count down right now. Perfect time. I said that then, thought, oh, I hope I'm right, as they go through turn one uh, and head up the hill. So this is going to be line up and get ready to go. The other thing that I would say as well is watch out for the lead TCR cars because they are very nimble indeed through the corners. Uh, quick note from Shea Adam because we've got a few moments on the GS field and particularly the winners in the GS field this year, Shea. We've had Mercedes, Audi, McLaren, BMW and Chevy each taking home a win. We could keep that streak alive if different pressures winning if a Porsche, Aston Martin or Ford sees a check flag first today. And, and I mentioned what a great season Tyler McQuarrie and the team have had. They've had a fabulously consistent season uh, this year. We'll talk about that as they come out of the keyhole, file, formed up side by side. We've had a minute of racing, but we've not yet come to the green. We have now the green is in the air as they come down to the kink and it's uh Bibendum, the Michelin man, who wins the waves the green flag and immediately Nate Stacey for Core Motorsport and Aston Martin dives down to the right hand side of the track. He'll hold on to position from the 39. The Audi GT4, the R8 GT4 in second position, then the first of the Winwood AMGs, or yes, the first of the Winwood AMGs uh, in third position. Then Marillo Racing in that metallic tangerine car. TCR have gone through. Max Faulkner in the Audi leads from the Hyundai Veloster. So got the jump on Michael Lewis there. Uh, and then it's the KMW, uh, KMW Motorsports with TMR Alpha that's in there as well. That seems to have had a decent start for the little... It's black, but it's got a beautiful dark red colour uh, underneath. It looks like Marillo up into third position as they come through the carousel for the first time out onto complete the first racing lap which was really only a racing half lap wasn't it but down towards the first corner and the first part of the job Jeremy Shaw done for Nate Stacey and Core Motorsports as the Aston Martin has converted from pole position and heads up towards the keyhole still in the lead. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And these two leaders, you talked about the consistency, how, is it, how important that is. As we see there, Scott Maxwell looking to try and make a pass on uh, Russell Ward for fourth position. Not able to make that uh, stick, but a great start there by Jeff Mosing in third place. Been a really good qualifying run for Jeff, and he's uh, knocking on the tail of those two leaders who've been super consistent this year. Having said that, the last couple of races have been a little bit disappointing for the for the, uh, for the uh, number 39 car that leads the points by just one coming in here this weekend. They've had uh, nine top tens, not top three finishes in the last 20 starts. That's pretty remarkable to be that consistent. They had a whole, I think only in the last 22 races, only four times have they been outside the top four. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Really is. So the countdown clock is already down to under uh, 1.57. Uh, as far as pit stops are concerned, Jeremy, there will be people that, if we don't say this right now, will be straight onto Twitter on at IMSA Radio. Uh, the uh, touring cars, the TCRs, they should be able to make this on one stop. Strategy may play uh, out, of course, if we get safety cars uh, as uh, well. But what about the GS cars here? How's their fuel usage from what you've heard from the teams? Uh, I, th I think they could, it, it might well be two stops, depending on, particularly on whether they uh, elect to, to split the race into uh, equal portions. There's a, uh, the minimum drive time is uh, the regular 45 minutes, isn't it? So they have to fulfill that minimum drive time before they hand over to the co-drivers in order to fulfill that minimum drive time for this two-hour race. But... Uh, I think some of the teams might be able to stretch it, and if, if there is any full course caution, that will certainly help that cause. But generally speaking, I reckon most of the teams are going to have to make uh, two pit stops. So as Shea points out, it is 40 minutes the minimum drive time, not 45. My bad. Uh, and Shea from the VP uh, Racing Field Pit Lane and Paddock reporting stance. How many tyres for the weekend? But are we talking about when you say the weekend? Is that race by race? Because we do have two races here. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we've effectively had two sessions added with an extra qualifying and an extra race. So instead of the traditional five and four sets for the GS and TCR classes, respectively, we have eight and seven sets. But that is used through any way that you wish to make it throughout the races this weekend. Oh, wow. So there's no limit on how many sets of new tyres you could hold back for the second race, for example, or indeed use up in the first race. How very virgin Australia supercars of them. I really quite like that idea, actually, because that is a strategy uh, all of its own. Uh, at the front of TCR, then, Fast MD Racing uh, with the Audi RS3 LMS TCR leading by a solid second uh, from in second, the Alfa Romeo and then the Honda TCR uh, of LA Honda World Racing uh, in third position. Great run for the 77 on what is effectively a Honda track here uh, at uh, Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, Jeremy. Yeah, it certainly is with the uh, Honda R&D Center manufacturing facility in Marysville, Ohio, barely 40 minutes or so away here from the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. So always a lot of support here and a lot of the, uh, the factory uh, engineers come out here to 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 watch the racing as well limited number of fans here this weekend but i'm sure there'll be quite a few people from from marysville here uh, there's a look at the class leader in tcr it is the pole sitter still max faulkner but uh, shout out here for taylor hagler who's made a great start in at number 77 la honda world racing honda civic tcr i put her third place that's by far she, yesterday she had by far her best qualifying run so far uh, and she's now up into made up a position on that, running third at the moment in car number 77. 
top 10 separated by eight seconds at the front of the field that's from Nate Stacey to Alan Brynjolfsson for the Archangel Motorsport Porsche 718 Cayman uh, that car in 10th position and as I say less than eight and a half seconds between uh, the front and 10th position as already we're seeing some of the uh, GT cars the uh, uh, GT4 cars uh, beginning to get a little bit of pressure as I suggested they might from the TCR cars TCR's uh, front wheel drive mandated with a two litre uh, engine no more than that put out around about uh, something between uh, 320 to 330 plus horsepower depending on what specification they they are running in and IMSA uh, have the opportunity to adjust that uh, as well as part of the BOP because these races are over an hour long they are allowed to run with ABS which they wouldn't necessarily do in say the World Touring Car Championship the WTCR uh, but they have become actually very good uh, endurance racing machines and they are super quick through the twisty stuff lose out a little bit on the longer runs for the long straight bits because they are inherently draggy and that is also why they're pretty good through the twisties it's Hyundai's at the moment that are having their own little personal battle as they go over the top of the rise sitting in uh, behind that uh, number 77 car that Jeremy mentioned a moment or two ago the Hyundai's start at fourth position and they are carrying 60 kilos more than usual this year uh, this weekend excuse me Jeremy yeah, and uh, you know, th that means they're going to have to look after their tyres a little bit more than they than they had previously. You know, the Hunters, they've, they've clearly had a, a really good advantage, I think, particularly in race configuration all the way through this season so far. There's been a couple of uh, balanced performance changes uh, brought in by IMSA. Generally, though, the TCR is a category that's, uh, that's effectively run from Europe. Uh, so European regulations, so they've had to kind of tweak those a little bit because the cars run in slightly different configurations here. But I think Gibson has worked really hard to try and bring the the Hyundai's back to everybody else, and, and I think as a result of that, the, the Hyundai drivers having to be just a little bit more careful than before with that extra weight on board. So early knockings here and side by side into the keyhole at the top of the hill for those Hyundais. One, two, three of them running absolutely line of stern. The light blue car is that of the Veloster of Michael Lewis, then Ryan Norman uh, with the red carps, the 33 behind him, and then Mark Wilkins in the 21. That's the white and green car. Is that Parker Chase in there and the black car behind? Yes, it is. So four Hyundai Velosters running together and then in behind them it's uh, Michael Johnson for JDC Miller Motorsports in the another Audi with Gavin Earnstone for the brilliantly named Road Shagger Racing uh, in sitting then in ninth position a great battle pack there from fourth down to ninth position Jeremy yeah, that's right. All of the all of the rest of the field there are all nose to tail, aren't they? So tremendous, tremendous battle. And out front, uh, we've still got the, the three leaders just edged away just a little bit from Russell Ward in the early stages. The Aston Martin still leads. That is Nate Stacy, and uh, he's had uh, a really, really good season. Just gets uh, better and better, doesn't Nate? He started off this sport. I think he was uh, 12 years old when he started racing uh, initially in. Uh, 
in uh, sedan cars, but uh, you know he's just getting better and better. Uh, he's now only 20 years of age. It's remarkable. He's been around. It seems like such a long time, but uh, he's uh, from Owasso in Oklahoma. Not exactly a hotbed of motor racing, but you know, Nate Stacey has really come on leaps, leaps and bounds. I think thoroughly benefiting from the huge experience that Kyle Marcelli has. His teammate from Barrie, Ontario, in Canada, as we see a move here for Alan Brynjolfsson, uh, trying to. Uh, fend off the McLaren of Sheena Monk that is for 10th and 11th places yeah and it's great to see that kind of battling right the way through the field Finn Barletta for Turner Motorsport sitting in 18th position at the moment uh, a number of different strategies but for some of the lesser experienced drivers what they've got to do is get through to their 40 minute minimum drive time so once we get down to an hour and 20, expect to see some of those cars coming. And we've already had more than 10 minutes uh, of this race. It is a two. It started off as a two-hour duration here for the Mid-Ohio 120, the first race of a double header for the Michelin Pilot Challenge this weekend at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, where Aston Martin lead the field in that very distinctive white, teal, blue, green and uh, not sure what you call that. I suppose you'd have to say it was purple or pink, wouldn't you? After me, uh, after uh, what we've uh, seen down through the years with some of the more garish colour schemes. But I think that one works very well indeed for Core Motorsports. And that Aston Martin sounds fantastic. Not quite the rumble of the previous version of the V8. This one with the twin turbos in the hot V of the engine. Originally, of course, uh, the AMG V8 engine, but Aston for the street cars and indeed for the racing cars allowed to do quite a lot of work on that engine and tune it, use the electronics uh, and make it uh, very much their own character. And at the moment, Nate Stacey from Tyler Macquarie in the Audi R8 GT4 by 1.2 seconds, but keep being kept honest by both Tyler and Jeff Morsing at the front of the field, Jeremy. Yeah, it's cool to see, isn't it? Uh, there's a good lap there from Nate Stacey. They've been uh, trading fastest laps, Nate Stacey in the Aston Martin and uh, Tyler McQuarrie in the Audi. Last time around, it was Nate Stacey who, who uh, set the fastest lap, and he does again this time around. 148.499 for uh, Nate Stacey. Uh, the best, uh, just, well, less than a tenth of a second ahead of Tyler McQuarrie. So these two cars seem to be very, very closely matched at this stage in the race. Fabulous stuff at the front of the field. No wonder this racing series has become so popular and no chance of it, I don't think. Um, being anything other than that, we used to say, Jeremy, didn't we, that this was a bit of a, uh, a, a, bit of a well-kept secret in motor racing. Not anymore. Through on the inside goes the Riley Motorsports car. That was up the inside of the fast track racing BMW and that is a pass for position as... That's 12th position actually there. And just sitting in behind there, that's the PF Racing Ford Mustang of uh, James Pesek. Now, that really is pink, that car, as they come down to the bottom of the hill. And the green Porsche that is just in behind, that is BGP Motorsports. Uh, and that is the 38 car. So we're talking there about 12th down to 14th. Another fantastic train of cars, all battling for positions. And the uh, AMG, the wins car, has gone through. Yeah, that was a good move there by James Cox. Disappointing qualifying run for him. He's been generally qualifying well this season, but that was uh, certainly difficult for him. Him and, and coming off a, a really bad weekend last time out 
at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta where they lost a lot of ground in the championship. This team, of course, won the opening race of the season at Daytona. Uh, James, J Jim Cox and Dylan Murray along with uh, Jerome Blakemolen on that weekend for the long distance race. But uh, now looking to make up for that disappointing last place finish last time out. And they're 13 points off the championship lead in this number 35 car for Riley Motorsports to try to make up ground. And uh, a good first stint here from James Cox. And interesting again, is it? There's four different cars there. There's the, the Mercedes, the McLarens in there, the BMW and a Ford and a Porsche as well. It's, uh, it's great racing here uh, all the way up and down the field. Yeah, Alan Brynjolfsson doing a good job. He's, uh, he, again, is one of the drivers who starts the race, trying to stay on the lead lap. He's dropped back to nearly 18 seconds away from the lead, and there's a six-second gap ahead of him. But that'll all be down to Trent Hindman, the grab back in the second part of the race. So whilst the pit stop tactics in a two-hour race might not be uh, as complicated as, say, we saw last weekend at Le Mans or in some of the longer races we have here in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, getting the right drivers in the car at the right time, absolutely key. And Brynjolfsson at the moment is having a little bit of a, a rearguard action as Sheena Monk in the motorsports in action, the Mia car. Hello, Mia. I know you, you always listen in uh, and watch what's going on so uh, Mia is a person and Motorsport in Action spells Mia uh, and Sheena Monk is in that uh, number three McLaren S570 GT4 and was sitting very nicely there in behind uh, Brynjolfsson just ahead of that Riley Motorsport AMG that we saw making the move earlier on quarter of an hour gone let's go to a VP Racing Fuels pit and paddock report here's Shea Adam well, we do have BOP for both classes and for the TCR in particular, but the TCR class does have that additional race weight compensation table that Jeremy hinted at a bit earlier. 20 kilos additional for the Audis, 60 kilos, which is the maximum amount of weight added to the cars for the Hyundais. We saw them running together in a train. I've checked in with a couple of drivers from both other manufacturers, Audi, and the Honda camp, uh, not yet able to get a response from Alpha, but there seems to be a bit of discussion down on the pit lane as to whether or not the Hyundais are actually running together for a plan to try and get some of that weight taken out for the next race, because that is a race by race thing. It is a completely separate category from the balance of performance. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, Shay. Uh, if uh, the the, the uh, IMSA technical team is is well on top of, uh, of teams trying to sandbag or, or not show their, their true performance, uh, so it's it's not a question of uh, of holding back. Uh, I'm sure they're doing the best they can, but uh, you know I think you know the, the Hyundai's have had a, a pretty big edge, have they not, in the first few re first half of the season? I think now they, they've been pegged back. And look, this is still very early stages in the race, and you know they're running they're all running very similar lap times in the uh, TCR category at the moment, just a few tenths of a second really between most of the contenders. So I think at this stage, certainly too early to call anything. Completely agree, Jeremy. It's just interesting to hear that certain teams are already saying, we aren't sandbagging. And looking at the 23, for example, the fast MD Audi that's leading the way, Max Faulkner qualified the car on pole third time for him to do that this year. And then looking at the Honda, the lone Honda in the field this weekend, Taylor Hagler doing a fantastic job so far behind the wheel of the 77 Pikachu, as it was affectionately named by herself and co-driver Ryan Eversley. They're saying, we're not holding anything back. We're going as hard as we can. And so far, silence from the Hyundai team. So I am going to continue reaching out to them. But four wins 
on the year for Hyundai, the one for Audi. It has been a Hyundai dominant season and good on them. They have done exactly what they needed to to try and earn that manufacturer's championship. Can they actually be caught, Jeremy? Because I know there's four manufacturers, but they have a, what, 17-point lead over next-in-class Audi? Uh, sure, they could be caught. You know, we're exactly halfway through the season. Uh, so, you know, what, what, they've, what they've gained in the first half of the season, they can certainly lose in the second. Uh, but certainly <laughs> they do have a very a commanding advantage coming into this weekend. Uh, with the, the performance they've shown so far. It, as you say, it was an Audi who won the first race, and since then it's been all Hyundai. But, uh, you know, at the moment, you know, the the the, uh, the Audi is running out front by about five seconds over the Alfa Romeo in second place, and a similar second gap to Taylor Hagler in third place. And it's certainly a shame to see only one of the LA Honda World Racing teams here this weekend. We normally have three cars, just the one... Yeah, and we, we missed out on the sister car uh, running at the Road Atlanta, the Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta rounds. The Shelby Blackstock and Chris Miller ran that car together for most of the season. It was quite disappointing to not see the Matt Pombo and Mike Lamara car in the entry list as well. As finally, Russell Ward finds a way to get around Jeff Mosing, and it is in that passing opportunity into the breaking zone of turn four, as now Nick Galante looks to do the same to Robbie Foley, I believe. Can Nick make it? Oh, excuse me, that's James Clay trying to go around Robbie Foley. James gets a little bit wiggly trying to go around the outside of six, can't make it stick. And now might lose another position to Bryce Ward as well as behind is Nick Galante. See, I knew he was in there somewhere. It's a very tight battle on track, all for the eighth position, and four cars are disputing it. Yeah, that is cool to see, isn't it? And it's certainly interesting to see that Jeff Mosing is slipping away quite rapidly now from the two race leaders, Nate Stacey and Tyler McQuarrie. There's a new best lap for Nate Stacey as he crosses the line to complete lap 13, 128. Point one nine seven. It's uh, Tyler McQuarrie that has set the fastest lap so far, 127.9. At this stage in the race, with the, the Michelin tyres working really hard, uh, it's interesting to see that the Aston Martin and the Audi pulling away now from those two Mercedes. And as you say, Russell Ward now up into third place ahead of Jeff Mosing. Sheena Monk, meanwhile, up into the 10th position, having gotten around Alan Brynjolfsson, who's now falling back into the grips of that new BMW. That's the 26th that uh, you mentioned it was his birthday today. So welcome to the series and happy birthday and welcome back for the classic BMW team. A very early turn in and contact made as Alan Brynjolfsson off into the gravel. Jim Cox hitting him on the nose as he's spinning backwards. The Riley Mercedes, the 35, manages to keep going, but it does need a little bit of rhinoplasty as the nose is quite damaged on that car. Brynjolfsson is stuck in the gravel at the keyhole Let's see if he can get any sort of forward momentum. We did see in a Porsche race earlier, Jeremy, that a car went off into the gravel and managed to recover himself. Ah, will not be the case for Brynjolfsson. He is indeed trapped. So that should bring out our first full course caution as the battle continues into the start-finish line once again for Nate Stacy leading Tyler McQuarrie. Are the yellows displayed? Not quite yet. They're still battling away, but they are going to be coming into the zone where the stranded car is. So I would imagine race control will be doing something about that soon. Yeah, I wonder whether anybody will take a gamble and come onto the pit lane uh, for some service now. Uh, it's too early to make uh, driver changes, but certainly the teams could come in about halfway through, almost halfway through a stint now. 21 minutes elapsed in this race. Uh, the good news for uh, the, the field is that Aaron Brynjolfsson is well off the racetrack. 
the bad news for Alan Brynjolfsson is that he's well off the racetrack and, as you say, stuck in the gravel. So we are going now full course yellow with a yellow car stuck in the gravel track. Oof, that is a little bit of sickening irony there, Jeremy. Another opportunity. There were four cars, five cars going in. It started with the classic BMW, who went a little bit too much over the curb on the right-hand side, got into the right rear of Bernjolfsson, spinning him around. The PF Racing Mustang just snuck right down through the inside, and Jim Cox, who tried to go around the outside, found himself face-to-face with the Porsche. So a uh, curse of the commentator striking once again as John Heidoff is raising a hand and assuming responsibility for that one. But uh, Alan Brynjolfsson will be very frustrated, especially because Mid-Ohio, a good track for he and Trent Hinman. It's where they got a win back in last May when it was a fuel race and they were victorious. Yeah, indeed so. And that car was fastest in the first practice session yesterday. So that's a major disappointment. That's the the birthday boy, I think, there, Chandler. Uh, Hull getting in a little bit over his head there uh, and uh, locking up and hitting the back of uh, number seven. I think it was number 26 hitting number seven, wasn't it? Uh, and that yes. was Chandler Hull. So uh, that's really unfortunate for Alan Brynjolfs. And I think he is uh, going to have lost a lap, hasn't he? Yes, yes, he will. So that's... Uh, Major, major disappointment for number 17. They came in here, as you were saying, with high expectations. The car's been fast all weekend long, as has the other Porsche, driven by Jan Halen and uh, Tom Collingwood. But uh, it's going to be very difficult to claw their way back from a lap down. It is, but thankfully they have Mike Johnson up on the pit box for them. And if there's a mind on the pit box who can help uh, save a situation when it seems irredemptable, irredemptionable it would be mike johnson for sure alan brynjolfsson wait weaving around the track trying to stay off the line to dump all the gravel out of the car but of course when you come through that section of track after turn four five six and seven there's so many back and forth left and right and right and left that it is quite difficult to stay off the racing line good news as far as bolt racing excuse me archangel racing as it was bolt racing last year is concerned the incident involving cars 35 26 and 7 so that's the riley mercedes the 26 classic bmw and the bright yellow porsche the number seven under review now that won't give them back any position brynjolfsson is not going to magically reappear in the 11th place but it does mean that race control is paying attention and that any sort of behavior will not be tolerated yeah, true. And uh, incidentally, just before that uh, that incident took place there up at the uh, up at the keyhole, uh, Sheena Monk, you'll remember, she was right in the middle of that battle as well. On just on the previous lap in the in the MIA McLaren, she was able to get past uh, Alan Brynjolfsson, so she was clear of that rather than uh, being uh, caught up in that in that incident. Thank you, responsible adult, for once again supplying the words that I was struggling to try and find. Yes, it, it was also interesting. Before the caution came out, the train of Hyundais was closing back up on the Honda of Taylor Hagler. I know that some of the teams were worried about their long run pace and trying to keep the car good underneath them between the yellow flags. So I'm wondering if maybe the Honda was starting to drop off a bit or if, on the other hand, the Hyundais were starting to work together. Maybe they're doing a fuel economy thing working together. There's so many different 
different options, or maybe that's just where they were running. Um, but into the pit lane does come the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW. Robbie Foley started that car. He will continue to drive that car until he hands over to Bill Oberlin, when then he will jump into the 96 BMW, which is also into the pit lane. No driver change yet, but sticker tires going on to the 95 BMW. Now, that's interesting because, as we mentioned earlier on at the beginning of the broadcast, there is an option for when you use your tire allocation over the course of the weekend. Also into the pit lane, the 35 Wins Mercedes, this is Wins USA sponsoring this car, does have a bit of nose damage. I might want to put an extra bit of tape over the right-hand side just to stop the hood from flailing up, but they're doing the tire change first. Fuel only for James Pesek in the number 40. That's the pink racing Mercedes. Uh, also in was hard point. I believe it was fuel only for that Audi as uh, Grinjolfsson is in and getting full service fuel and tires. I don't see any other damage to that car, Jeremy. They might have lucked out. And if they are only a lap down, they might be able to get the wave around. Well, that, that's certainly one of the reasons why they're making this pit stop now because uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be hoping on the uh, in what half an hour or so's time when the leaders come into the pits, then uh, they're, they're they will they will need less fuel uh, potentially to take on that number seven car and perhaps leapfrog a few other cars and get back into contention. But certainly interesting to see uh, out of the top 12 cars, I think the only one of the top 12 runners uh, in uh, this stage to come into the pits was number 95 Turner Motorsport BMW. As you say, both Turner Motorsport cars in too early to make that driver change. But again, they will lead, need less fuel when they do come in to make those driver changes. And, uh, and for the number... For the for the tournament sport cars, uh, this this uh, I think the timing of this full course caution, particularly for Robbie Foley, who's going to be hopping from one car, the number 95 into the 96, <laughs> as with the damage to the, the front end of the. Uh, yeah. Uh, was he? He was involved in that incident as well, then, wasn't he? He was. The Wins Mercedes was the car that met the seven uh, Archangel Racing Porsche head on. And the pit lane officials saw something they did not like out of the front of the Wins Mercedes. I'm thinking that there's some fluid down on the pit lane in front of the car because Johnny Knotts was actually one of the pit lane officials. And he is the lead guy who was over looking at the car. It has not yet rejoined as the TCR runners are into the pit lane. Fuel only for the 77 Honda, the lone Honda in the race staying out is interesting though because max Faulkner in the 23 uh racing md audi has stayed out as has roy block in the alpha the number five everyone else is in the hyundais are all getting fuel it does not look like they are taking full service uh 21 is coming in for fuel only that's the black one the blue one also came in for fuel only that's number 98 and it was fuel only for Road Shagger Racing, who jumps a ton of cars with that pit stop. Brilliant job by those guys in the number 54, excuse me, 61. They do a great job on the pit lane all year long. Have to give them credit for that. So staying out were Faulkner and Block. Every one of the other TCR cars did come down the pit lane. And it looked like fuel only for all the other ones. Meanwhile, Riley still sitting on the pit lane, smoking gently, uh, has not yet rejoined. And the pit officials, yes, there is fluid down in front of the car where it was stopped. Ah, that might be day done for that Mercedes then, Jeremy. That would be two races in a row with DNFs. Yeah, that's uh, 
horrendous uh, luck for their championship aspirations. Uh, it's, yeah, probably the, da- the radiator most likely damaged yeah, on that yeah. car. That's just just awful bad luck for that team. They've been uh, again. We talked about consistency earlier on. This team has been massively consistent over the last several years, uh, and uh, this is a major, major, major disappointment. And well, I mean, yeah, they lost a lot, a lot of ground in the championship stakes last race, but this is going to be even more costly. So that is uh, Dylan Murray and Jim Cox driving the number 35 wins racing. That's the Riley Technology Mercedes being pushed behind the wall. They came into this race third in championship points, fourth in championship points, where the car that they met head on, the Volt uh, bright yellow uh, Archangel Racing Porsche, a further eight points behind the Mercedes in terms of the championship. And our lead two in points coming into this race, well, they are still one and two out on track as now the Mercedes roars back into life, but no, it is making the hard left-hand turn back to the pit and paddock. The only sense of um, relief, I guess you could call it, which I'm sure Bill Riley would be angry at me for even saying, the car doesn't have external structural body damage though, Jeremy. If the radiator is damaged, then they can fix that and they can have a race car that's ready to go for tomorrow, as opposed to a car like the Rebel Rock Racing Chevy Camaro missing both races today due to crash damage sustained yesterday in the first free practice session. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, there is, as you say, some something of a, a silver lining. It shouldn't be uh, too too difficult to repair that car. I mean, it's, it's conceivable they could get that car repaired and get it out again at the end of this race just to kind of learn something perhaps for tomorrow. Uh, but uh, yes, a, a very disappointing day for Riley Motorsports. All right, the pit stops are done. The field is packing back up. The incident is still under review. We will let you know when we do hear more about that from race control. Just a reminder, that was the Riley Mercedes, the 26 classic BMW and the seven Porsche from Archangel Racing. But the lights are out on the safety car which means we should be going back to green here very soon. Nate Stacy is our leader in the Aston Martin, followed very closely by Tyler McQuarrie in the 39 Audi. It's Russell Ward in the four Mercedes, and then Jeff Mosing in the 56 Mercedes, followed by uh, Scott Maxwell in the 22 Ford Mustang, sharing once again with Sebastian Prio, who is going to be making his mid-Ohio debut here once they do the pit stops after the 40-minute mark has elapsed. Backed up and going slowly, waiting until they come through the end of the carousel, the long right-hand turn, and then the quick left back to the start-finish line. Now Nate Stacy puts his right foot down and gets a jump as the green flag is back in the air. And we are underway once again with one hour and 27 minutes remaining in this race one of the weekend for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. A really good restart there for, for uh, Nate Stacy and the, the top two kind of caught uh, Russell Ward just a little bit napping there. He wasn't on the throttle quite as quickly as the first two. So he's already dropped back seven or eight car lengths. He's now got Jeff Rosing with his tail to Mercedes running third and fourth in a huge straight cars behind him, led <laughs> by the BMWs and, and yes. the Ford. And, and the front two, Jeremy, already checking out. They're already practically out of camera shot of the rest of the field as Jeff Bosing 
has now to defend from Scott Maxwell. Trying to go around the outside through turn five as Maxwell, he's sticking there. He's going to have to use curbs. No, he doesn't. He still holds it tight. Going to get the pass done on Mosing? Yes, he does. What a move from the veteran sports car driver. Yeah, Scott Maxwell there cheering his experiences. This is his 139th start in this <laughs> championship. He made his debut back in 2002 in various iterations of this championship over the years. He remains the most successful qualifier in the history of this championship with 16 poles. Hasn't had one for a couple of years now, but he's certainly looking good here. Uh, there was a balanced performance change prior to the last race a couple of weeks ago at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. The Ford was able to shed a bit of weight uh, 30 kilos, in fact, and that's uh, really got it competitive now at the front of the field. And once again, Scott Maxwell taking advantage of that here in the early stages of this race. Boy, Sheena Monk had a great restart up to eighth in the Mia McLaren. And hello, Mia, as she is trying to tag on to the back of the two BMWs. She's got Nick Vellante and James Clay most immediately right in front of her. She turns in way too soon. Tags Clay going through the keyhole. That was not the best move in the world, Sheena. I'm sorry, that might uh, be getting looked at by race control as Clay has spun around and is sitting on the grass waiting for the entirety of the TCR field to go by before he can resume, and now he does. Boy, James Clay is gonna be wondering what black cat he kicked under a ladder. Sheena just pulled up, was not there, and turned in. She was trying to off-road there, Jeremy. There was more grass under the wheels of the McLaren than there was tarmac. Well, I think she realized she got in too deep, so she tried to kind of get out of the way and get on the grass there, but uh, a little bit of an inexperience, I think, there from Sheena Monk. You know, she's still relatively new to this sport, certainly this level of competition, uh, and she's done a fabulous job in the, in the early races of season, but that was uh, clearly a mistake there from Sheena, and I'm sure there'll be uh, a penalty called, and uh, once again, bad luck there for the, for the Bimbo car that uh, makes, takes the brunt of that mistake. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate for that team who's struggled so much this year. And hello, by the way, to Devin Jones listening in from home. Devin, we miss you. Heal up quickly and get back where you belong behind the wheel of a race car. Devin, who had a crash at Virginia International Raceway, resulting in that number 82 Bimmerwell BMW needing to be completely rebuilt which it was in time for the last round at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So the Bimmer World crew for sure have won the hearts and minds of pretty much everyone in the paddock for their efforts so far this year. And that's gonna hurt just a little bit extra to see the car which was battling for the seventh position now all the way down in 26th overall, 17th in class. Should come as no surprise that the incident was under review as we have had another off. That's the number eight Audi. Uh, of McCann, I believe. Yes, it is, with some rear bumper damage. Jeremy, did you see who got into, Michael? I didn't. I was looking uh, at my uh, chart at the time. Maybe we're going to have a, a replay here. Uh, uh, the, car, the, the car that was directly behind him was number 96 BMW. He was, he'd made a move there on a number 96 car. Uh, and, uh, yeah, well, he was trying to make a move on a 96 car. That didn't work, did it? Yeah. It was exactly uh, what we saw with, actually, with, with both Sheena Monk's incident and with the uh, Chandler Hall incident. A little bit of an experience, trying to dive down the inside at the keyhole, just getting it wrong, and then reacting when contact is made with another car. Unfortunately for Michael McCann Jr., there was contact. It resulted in his car going airborne, and now he has parked the number eight Audi of McCann Racing at the exit of the keyhole behind a tire wall. It's a safer spot, but it's not necessarily a safe spot. So race control might want to take some action with that. 
I think that car's far enough out of the way. I think Michael's, uh, if he's got a, a, a terminal problem with that car, he's done a good job, I think, to get it out behind that tire wall. There's a uh, local yellow there, uh, I think, perhaps at the moment. But uh, I think a car was kind of far enough offline there to be out of harm's way. And that's a great shame for local team, local driver, Michael McCann Jr. As we see number three car coming in, I presume, to serve a penalty. Correct. Yes, indeed, incident responsibility. Uh, but uh, it's a shame because uh, Michael McCann Jr. and Brick Casey Jr., the two juniors in that car, both uh, two talented young drivers, particularly Brick Casey, Brick Casey Jr., who's been a standout, hasn't he, in TCR over the last, last few years. And you know, this was good to see this this team back again. They missed a couple of races, uh, but unfortunately, it looks like an early uh, end to that team's race. But look at this battle farther back down the field in TCR. All the cars still together. And, uh, some of the uh, GS cars mingling amongst them as well. Oh my goodness, this is exactly what you want when you mix all of your cards together and you deal them out. You want a card of each different uh, category. That's what we've got. We've got an Audi, a Honda, a Hyundai mixing it up together for a position. And oh, by the way, the recovery drive from James Clay in between them as well. So the front of this battle is Gavin Ernstone, the first car out of the pit lane after that full course caution. He was the first car to take advantage and to leave once again being attacked savagely by the number 98. No, that's the 29. So that would be Gabby Chavez, I believe, right behind him. No, Parker Chase, excuse me. Then behind them, the light blue Hyundai, the 98 of Michael Lewis, followed by the Honda of Taylor Hagler. Then we find Michael Johnson in the 54 Audi, Mark Wilkins in the 21 Hyundai, and then Ryan Norman in the bright red number 33 Hyundai. So this is a flat-out battle for third position in the TCR category. The only problem is six cars are disputing the one place on track. <laughs> yeah, very cool battle that is. And at the back of that train of cars from Chagrin Falls, Ohio, which is up in the Cleveland area, Ryan Norman, who is the, the championship leader coming into this weekend, has won two of the last three races, along with former IndyCar driver Gabby Chavez, former Indy Lights champion Gabby Chavez, Ryan Norman himself, a former winner in the Indy Lights Open Wheel Championship. And uh, I think at this stage in the race, just biding their time. Mark Wilkins trying to go around. We're coming up for 40 minutes completed in this race, say, Shay, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some pit callers fairly soon to make those driver changes. Good spot, Jeremy. A pass made by Mark Wilkins, and following him through was Ryan Norman. So you were speaking about him, and he felt like he had to earn something to do with that. And now we have Michael Johnson back into the ninth position in the TCR class right behind him. Is Sheena Monk in that number three? It was a drive-through penalty for the incident responsibility with the 82. That's the James Clay car. Still off course is the number eight, Michael McCann Jr. And a penalty has been issued to that car as well for incident responsibility. So should the eight manage to continue at some point in time, it would need to serve a drive-through for the incident with Vin Barletta in the 96 Turner Motorsport BMW, but seeing as right now it is stopped out on the course, that is really just more of an exercise of a penalty. We are now within the pit window where 40 minutes have elapsed, so if you wish to do a driver change, Jeremy, you rightly uh, noticed it, now is your opportunity. Any point from now forward, you can do it, but there is also the flip side. You have to do the driver change before there's 40 minutes to go because both drivers have to get that minimum time. So let's see uh, who elects to get it done sooner rather than later. 
Boy, Tyler McQuarrie is flying out there, Jeremy. He just set the fastest lap time. Oh, no, excuse me. My timing screen reset. Uh, the last time around. No, he is still closing down on Nate Stacy ever so slightly. No. Well, yeah, they're running almost identical lap times. The, the fastest lap of the race was set uh, back on lap uh, nine by Tyler McQuarrie. We're now 25 laps in the books. And you say, as you say, the, the gap between the first two has kind of stabilized around about a second. It's been that way pretty much since the, since the restart. Nate Stacy pulled out about a second on Tyler McQuarrie after the restart, and that gap has main, been maintained. But once again now, we're seeing Russell Ward in the Mercedes falling back a little bit in third position. And Scott Maxwell, he's not rocked quite on terms with Russell Ward. Instead, is uh, now fending off... Uh, the number 56 car of Jeff Mosin with Nick Galanti right in the mix of it as well as Carnum Brady for Bimmerworld, another of the BMWs. Huh. And just to add on the BMWs while we're on that theme, James Clay on the drive back up through the field has almost gotten through all of the TCR cars and will be back on the tail end of GS. He's running in the 15th position. The only cars behind him, the ones that are no longer running, the Alan Brynjolfsson Porsche and the Sheena Monk McLaren. So uh, James Clay with a lot of ground still to go, but clearly a man on a mission. We've got a battle developing further back down the field. Oh, that is James Clay. James Clay is about to actually take back a position from both uh, Brent Mosing in the 65 Marilla Racing Mercedes and the 96 Ben Barletta in the Turner Motorsport BMW, the second of those cars. They have to coordinate their pit stops carefully, do Turner, though, because, as you said, Robbie Foley jumping out of one car and jumping into the other. It's not quite that simple because the rules dictate that he has to go from the 95 BMW to the wall. He has to go over the wall, which means sit on it or swing your legs over, and then he can proceed to get into the 96 BMW. So it is a bit more complicated. Welcome back, John Hindoff, to the broadcast. I've never been aware. I've just been watching and listening and uh, watching. I was going to say a bit of carnage, but it wasn't really. Thanks, Cher, for that VP Racing Fuel uh, update. Uh, and uh, we are still uh, racing uh, in fact have we got a yellow no just a local yellow for a moment there still racing with uh, the aston martin out in front it's been a good run for nate stacy and it is blaine hindoff because i had just talked about adam brindolfson when he ended up in the gravel at the keyhole which brought out the first full course uh, yellow uh, we are under the time now for anybody to get their 40 minutes in so pit stops expect them anytime soon now Jeremy for those who haven't already been into the pit lane yeah that's right and um, you, there's only maybe around about half of the cars have already made a pit stop but certainly I, I would be uh, I mean Gavin Ernstone I would have thought would be an early candidate to make a pit stop in car number 61 a great first pit stop by that road shagger racing team by the way because they uh, they jumped from the from the ninth position in class up to third for the restart, but they were in the pit lane, so it was a great stop by them. And uh, and right now, Gavin's holding holding his own there in third position uh, ahead of, uh, of Phalanx, the cars behind him. So really stepped it up in the in the sort of kind of second stint, if you like, for Gavin Ernstone and holding on to third position. So if he's if he can hang on there, do so for as long as he possibly can. Yeah, exactly right, uh, and, uh, and that's what he needs. I'm, I'm right in seeing that none of the top well down to the Bimmer World number 80 Nick Galantin none of those guys have stopped they've stayed out and eschewed the opportunity to come in under the yellow 
Yeah, the, the top uh, 11, the only one of the top 11 cars to come in during that caution was car number 95. That was uh, one of yeah. the two Turner Mo Mo Motorsport BMWs. Yeah, good. Yeah, great. That's what I thought I had uh, seen. So the gap uh, has remained uh, pretty close. Yeah, he's out a tiny bit, 2.2 seconds. Uh, and last yeah, all of a sudden. Time around. Yes, last time around, Nate Stacey putting his best lap of the race in. Correct, 128.17. He's been uh, pretty consistent. His, his previous lap was a was a 128.22. Uh, his uh, his best uh, lap in the race was a 128.19. So a whole string of laps, very very closely matched there. And once again, it's Aston Martin. It's it looks after its tyres, or and all the drivers look after its tyres. So it's able to contain a re maintain a really good consistent pace. That's something that that sh new shape of uh, Aston has uh, inherited from the, the classic version, if you will. That was always very good on its tyres. If if you drove it correctly and didn't put too many inputs into it, and that's easier said than done, particularly around somewhere like Mid-Ohio sports car course. Uh, we've got an hour and 14 minutes to go in the Mid-Ohio 120. Let's go down to Shea Adam for a VP Racing Fuel Pit Report. Our first official pit caller, because that uh, caution was no driver changes. We have the 57 Windward Racing Mercedes in. This is Bryce Ford handing over to Alec Udell, who rejoins the team after a weekend away. And it is fuel tires and a driver change for that 57 Mercedes. Just while you're down here, another update on another Mercedes. The 35 Riley Mercedes is now officially retired, I'm sorry to say, but they will be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll try and get uh, an idea on that was was that as a, uh, a result of that car going off share it was a result of the nose-to-nose -nose contact between yes. the uh, archangel racing porsche and then a great deal of fluid being underneath the front of the mercedes when it came onto the pit lane it looked like radiator damage yeah oh dear well yeah. hopefully they've got that uh seen to that before it did any lasting damage you were talking a moment or two ago jeremy shaw about uh, Gavin Ernstone, well, he's defending third place very nicely uh, indeed from that uh, horde of Hyundai, Velocitas behind him, Parker Chase and Michael Lewis, uh, and then the Honda Civic TCR not too far uh, away as well. But Gavin hitting his marks, going through the corners. He's not weaving around. He's not reacting to what's going on behind him. He knows that perhaps he hasn't got the pace of the guys behind him, but he's driving his own race. I'm very impressed. Yeah, he's doing a really good job, isn't he? It's a super trainer of cars there. There's Taylor Hagler in car number 77. She was running third in the early stages and running right in the middle of this uh, this big pack, primarily of Hyundais, but another couple of cars in there as well. And uh, really, uh, a super battle is going on there. Yeah, and we should say that the Alfa Romeo Giulietta has got away at the front uh, of this battle. And in front of that, Max Faulkner with that fast MD and speed syndicate Audi is actually running 13th overall. Now, Gavin is being ganged up on as he goes into the, uh, into the keyhole. And despite the fact there's two Hyundais filling either side of his mirrors, a blue one on his left and a white and green one on his white right, he's not being intimidated at all. All too easy, Jeremy, to, to look too uh, much behind, miss your breaking point. Taylor Hagler is under pressure herself uh, from uh, Mark Wilkins, I think, uh, that is who's trying to come through, is it? Yes, it is, uh, in the number 98 car, as he's trying to make up some positions as well and he might have just sneaked through yes no he hasn't 
he's still sitting in uh, behind there. So this is this is a nice little pack of cars that are having their scrap. But you've got to say the Fast MD team with that number 23 Audi, they've done a sparkling job, job as has Max Faulkner, who took the, the green flag in that car. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's, it's certainly been a fascinating battle there. As we see the number 38 car, that's the BGB Motorsports Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. What a mouthful that is. Uh, making its pit stop. Hand over to, to Jan Halen, the uh, the Belgian driver, former winner of the Formula Ford Festival in the UK, and a former champ car driver as well, IndyCar driver as well. So we had a lot of experience for Jan Halen. And that car, again, has been fast. It was right up in the front in the two practice sessions yesterday. So Jan Halen getting it, it, it into the wheel behind, behind the wheel of this car almost at the earliest opportunity and he'll get out there now and try and turn some quick laps and wait for the other guys to make their pit stops as well Shea Adam was watching that stop and obviously there's going to be a driver change there Shea John Halen into that car and also coming into the pit lane that lap around was Sheena Monk and the Mia McLaren. That is a driver change as well as fuel and tires. So Sheena out, Corey Lewis in. And this time, boys, I'm happy to say he has a functioning radio. So this will be a much different race than what we saw the last time out at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta when he brought a yeah. handheld radio into the car with him. And it lasted about three corners before it was just flung around the inside of the cockpit. <laughs> Yeah, hey, look, we've managed with our radios for many, many years, but uh, it's a problem these days because the yes. drivers are not used to it. Well, and particularly in the, the heat of battle as well, when uh, things are going on uh, around, and uh, that must have been very difficult to know who you're supposed to fight and who you are not. Uh, the good news for Porsche fans is that the Archangel Motorsport number no. 7 Porsche, uh, which was in the gravel uh, earlier on, well, that is uh, running again. And uh, Alan Brynjolfsson uh, has, I think, dropped a couple or three laps, Jeremy, hasn't he, down the field. But uh, Gamely, uh, having been pulled out of the, uh, the gravel, has rejoined and continues to enjoy his motor racing, which is the main thing. And the battle, sorry, Jeremy, and the battle, of, at the moment we take our eyes off one battle, something else will, <laughs> will kick off. And, and if you want action, only go to the third place uh, scrap in TCR, which at the moment has Gavin Ernstone in the dark grey Audi number 61, Michael Lewis, Parker Chase and Mark Wilkins, Lina Stern in the rainbow of Hyundai colours that are uh, indeed the uh, 98, the 29 and the 21. Natala Hagler in the LA Honda World car and, and then I think just coming on the back of that, how far away is Ryan Norman? Answer, not at all in the bright red car. So that is third down to, what, eighth position. Uh, and Michael Johnson's uh, only in the next Audi back, another three seconds further back. And the lap times from Michael will gradually bring him to this pack. Indeed, well, he's actually slipped back a little bit as Michael, but he's, he's oh. hanging on there and he will hand over that car to uh, uh, Stephen Simpson. Yes, Michael, I think, he, I think he's probably struggling a little bit with tyre wear in that car. Although his last lap around was, was as you say, John, absolutely competitive with all that other train of cars. Um, mm. But uh, he's lost a little bit of ground, but you know, still a long, long way to go. And I'll tell you what, the guy who's on the move right now is Tyler McQuarrie. Here is uh, Nate Stacy. Come? And that's the leader. Okay, yeah, he's... that's the lady. But he's got uh, traffic between himself and Tyler okay. McQuarrie at the moment. That's but that right. lead that's has the... come down to three quarters of a second, Jeremy. You're right to point that out. 
It has, and the car, be, the, the silver Mercedes behind him, that is actually uh, Alec Udell, who's already made his pit stop. As we see the race leader there peeling off into the pit lane. And Tyler McQuarrie had been closing in, John. He'd been turning some very consistent lap times uh, within a few tenths of a second of his fastest lap of the race. That's uh, Tyler McQuarrie. Uh, previously the fastest lap of the race, that was taken away by Nate Stacey, who's in the pits for service. And he was the news from the pit lane. He'll be staying in the pit lane because Nate Stacy's job is done for today. He's going to have to drive the car a lot more tomorrow, so he needs some rest time. But Kyle Marcelli, the resident Canadian, jumps in. This duo and this team won the race two years ago, driving a different manufacturer that still has not yet gotten a win. But neither has Aston Martin. And even though they've gotten a string of podium finishes this year, Kyle and Nate second in the championship are still looking for that first w so a good pit stop from the core autosport mechanics will help core motorsport core autosport is in a different championship fuel and tires for them and fuel and tires also for the number four windward racing mercedes that's russell ward this time in the pit lane handing off to indodontia also into the pit lane we have the 93 carbon autosport that's the uh, non-championship car and who else came in? I thought I saw someone else. Ah, yes, Scott Maxwell came in in the 22 Multimatic Ford Mustang. He will be handing off to Andy Priu's son, Seb, who gets to turn his first laps around mid-Ohio. And Mike Johnson, as we rightly predicted, Michael into the pit lane for the 54 JDC Audi. He'll be handing over to the one and only Stephen Simpson, who is riled up and ready to try and get a win. <laughs> Fastest car in two practice sessions, trying to take that momentum forward. Yeah, and just look at the time, an hour and five minutes remaining. That's uh, not going to, uh, without, not without a little bit of help. I was just checking the the stats there, and there were, I, I think, and, you, and you'll have this written down, Jeremy, I think there were five laps of safety car uh, in that run for all those cars that have yeah. stopped. Yeah, so that effectively was 33 laps, but, but only then 28 of yellow it's not going to take an awful lot of intervention from the safety car for anybody who is coming in now with only a minute and four and a half an hour an hour and four and a half to go for them to be pretty close for the for the gs cars here jeremy and anybody who's got good mileage in the first part of the race could be sitting pretty here yeah that's right um as we, uh, who was that ducking into pit lane? Was that the second place? It was the second place TCR car of of uh, Ryan Block, uh, who'd done a really nice first stint in that uh, KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering, Alfa Romeo, Giulietta, the only Giulietta in the field. Uh, he's going to hand over that car to Tim Lewis Jr. in an excellent second place. So coming out then, the 56, Jeff Mosing, Marillo Racing as it came in, Eric Voss, Marillo Racing as it goes out, Tyler McQuarrie pits from the lead. This is going to be very interesting by the time that 39 car comes back out the pit lane. Share, Adam. This will be fuel, tyres and Jeff West. Oh, there's Jeff's helmet standing up on the uh, pit wall with him attached to it. It would be rather awkward if he wasn't. And Tyler McQuarrie gets out one win on the season for this dynamic duo championship leaders coming into the race today and as jeremy said they've only had three races in the last year and a half so they have not been within the top four consistency is the name of the game 
for Steve Dynan, the man up on the pitbox, making the calls for the automotive car. They've got fuel, they've got tires, just waiting on the driver change and the tires to complete. And the car will drop off of the air jacks as the last drops of fuel go in. An hour and three minutes. This will need a splash before the end of the race, especially with Jeff Westfall behind the wheel. He is fuel efficient, but he'll need a little bit of help. Coming now into the carousel at the end of the lap is the number 60. The Audi is off of the air jacks. Is it rolling? Now it's rolling as the Aston Martin goes down the front straight. Is it going to be a lead change? I think it is. Oh, it is. Gets out just into turn one. The advantage, of course, that the Aston has got is the momentum, Jeremy. Spot on. Sweeps around the outside. Now, you know, that is wonderful stuff. It's not for the lead right now because Robbie Foley in the turn of motorsport, and you remember Jeremy uh, said not so very long ago, they stopped uh, not that long ago. That uh, number 95 car, they did take advantage uh, of the yellow flag uh, and they came in after 16 laps they've been out for another 20 so i reckon they can probably do another four or five laps before they have to come in jeremy and that will take them pretty close to being able to get all the way uh, without another stop they've been only been out 31 minutes in that car in them at the for the moment you talk about the turn of motorsport car yes Yes, absolutely. That's right. No, he'll stay out there for a while now, uh, Will the Robbie Foley. He's running good laps and you know, both of those BMWs, they've already made one stop. Uh, that was under yellow. Their second stop uh, will, well, if it stays right now, it'll be under green. But this, uh, I think, was a really good strategy by Turner Motorsport. That could really plan out in their favour in the closing stages of this race. The number 40 car currently running in second place. That's James Pezek. He's doing a nice job there. He's only 14 seconds behind Bill. It's a good effort by, by James. He doesn't have anything like as experience as, excuse me, as Robbie Foley, I should say, who's in the lead of the race. But James Pezek doing a nice job in second place. And then the number 82, uh, Bimmer World BMW, that comes into the pits in third position as we see the class leader in TCR, which is Max Faulkner. He will hand over that car to James Vance. And that's spot on an hour and one minute uh, to go as he came into the pit lane and up at the top of the keyhole, the lead. Well, the effective lead has changed as been a coming together between the car that we expected to go back to the point of the field, the Aston Martin from Core, and that was the uh, 33 Hyundai that uh, came together. They were having their own little battle. Oh, dear me. Dive down the inside of Tyler Hagner, the 33 car, and right into the side of the leader, catching the kerb uh, on the way through. And Ryan Norman, I'm afraid, that was a little bit of a misjudgment there. Got the first part of it done. The pass on the Honda, number 77, uh, Jeremy. But really... What was he doing running that deep into the corner? And when he hit the kerb on the inside, that was it. The goose was cooked. It was, wasn't it? And a costly error there, potentially. So we'll have to see. But that has put the number 39 car. He won't be, he won't be taking over the lead for, for quite a while yet in the race because I think Robbie Foley can stay out for at least another uh, 15 or, or 20 minutes, uh, depending on how much fuel they put in that car at its first stop, which is about 20 minutes, 21 minutes into the race. So he can certainly stay out there longer now. And Robbie Foley, you know, no, no fuel concerns for him. He can run flat out in that turn of motorsport BMW. I hand it over to uh, a gentleman by the name of Bill Oblin, who's had a little bit of a success <laughs> in BMW cars over the years. 
into the pit lane for the number 61. Gavin Ernstone has done a cracking job uh, in that Audi uh, and comes in having held down a top three position. He's in the pit lane now and our VP Racing Fuels pit reporter is Shea Adam. Fuel, tyres and a driver change as John Morley is installing himself into the wheel of, into behind the wheel of the Road Shagger Racing number 61 Audi. It's going to be a critical stop as the Road Shagger Racing crew nailed their first stop and they do practice over and over and over again knowing that pit stops are their big opportunity to try and jump people on the track. Well, it worked earlier. They're going to have to get it perfectly right to try and send out Gavin ahead of a position where he can perhaps stay ahead of the Alpha. We'll have to see when everybody else cycles through their pit stops. And meanwhile, John, I'm going to try and send Gavin Ernstone a text, see if we can't hear from the man, because that was a phenomenal drive. I, I think he will be very, very happy indeed with that. We're into the second half of the race. We started uh, with 120 minutes. That's why it's called the Mid-Ohio 120. The IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge then into the second half. And Turner Motorsport in the shape of Robbie Forley with uh, at least, I reckon, another five or six laps uh, to go. Yeah, yeah, about that in that BMW M4 GT4. He is going to be right in the window to take to the end. James Pesek is 17 seconds behind for PF Racing in the Ford Mustang. And then Murillo Racing and uh, Brett Mosing in the number 65 uh, in third position. Now, all of those three cars stopped when we had that safety car uh, after 16, 17 laps. So all of those three cars currently on exactly the same, the same strategy. The first car that went long and did not come into the pit lane is then in fourth position. And after that little schmuzzle up at the keyhole with the Aston Martin, that is Tyler McQuarrie, uh, or Tyler McQuarrie who started that car. It's Jeff Westfall who took that car over just a couple or three laps ago. And they, I, I think, are going to be watching their fuel numbers very carefully because they were in just before, or out bought the point, just before, Jeremy, the hour turned over. Indeed, yeah, they came in about four minutes before the hour, and I don't think they can go that uh, far on a tank of fuel. So I think that's going, I think that car's going to have to make one more pit stop, and uh, well, pretty much everybody's going to have to make one more pit stop. In actual fact, the question is how much fuel they have to take on board. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting race, certainly from here. And here we are now on board with uh, with uh, Kyle Marcelli having taken over from Nate Stacey and having lost the advantage through that incident up at the keyhole is now back onto the tail of the Audi. These, of course, the top two in the championship, separated by just one point coming into this weekend. And uh, the, uh, the the Audi, that's got one race win to its credit this year. The Aston, however, has not. It's got three poles, but not yet a first win. Wow. And uh, he Martin. hearing from the uh, race control that that will be incident uh, responsibility uh, for the number 3300 so that will be a penalty I think it's just going to be a drive-through Shea is that right just to drive through through uh, for that I've just for the, for the moment yes. just lost where I and, saw that and yes that is correct and what makes it worse is they've just done their pit stop fuel and tires and Gabby Chavez taking over behind the wheel so he's just left the pit lane and now he has to serve a drive-through for something that his teammate did yeah well of course you can't service the car when you are doing a 
uh, a drive-through anywhere, so he would have still had to come in. But yes, it's going to be annoying for him because it wasn't him who attracted the penalty. 55 minutes to go. You're on IMSA Radio RS2 around the world and in sound and vision where available uh, via RadioLeMond.com and IMSA TV. What a fabulous race this is boiling up to be. These two-hour Michelin Pilot Challenge races really do bring out the best of the teams and the drivers on a short lap around the circuit like we have here at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Oh, Alpha Problems. That was either a very big lock up. No, it wasn't. It was something far worse. And the five car, what a shame. That had been such a good run for Ryan Block uh, early on in that car and he had then handed over to his teammate and Tim Lewis I'm afraid he's not he, he might get that car back but if there's an awful lot of smoke coming out of that car I thought it was just a lot of Jeremy he came up in the keyhole but the, the, the smoke just didn't stop as he went round the corner uh, no he didn't that's the end of that car's race what a shame it has been a super run by that team here and uh, an excellent first stint by Ryan Block. He kept his nose clean. He was running a good consistent lap types and running in the second position before the round of pit stops. So uh, at least a feather in that team's cap and they'll come back strong. You know, hopefully they've got a, another motor they can put into that car for tomorrow and see if they can go uh, you know, just last a little bit longer. Air jack issue on the 33 as well during their regular stop. Remember, they'll have to come back in in that Hyundai to serve the drive-through for incident responsibility. Uh, and still the Alpha making its way back sort of off the racing line. I'm not sure race officials will be very happy yeah, with that. If that, you know, could have parked that up in several places that would have been better. Um, Perhaps it's just turbo, I suppose, but... Um what's the point in driving that car around and um, yeah no not on board with that decision that's going to bring out a full course caution I think well I mean yes. the, uh, yeah full course yellow coming out uh, and that that engine turbo oil seal whatever it was was right in front of the Aston Martin number 60 of Kyle Barcelli as he was heading up to the keyhole a lap or so ago. What an eventful race it's been for that car that led from pole position, the number 60, with uh, the number 33 getting into the side, the Hyundai getting into the side of it, and then the issue with the oil being thrown onto the screen. Shea Adam uh, has a VP Racing pit and paddock report, and it sounds like she's got an interview for us. Shea, go ahead. See if you can hear me now. Gavin Ernstone, what a stint out there for Road Shagger Racing. You guys had a phenomenal pit stop. How proud of you are you for your boys jumping up to third position off that stop? I couldn't be prouder. You know, my guys are always money. Um, they just deliver every single time, and today was no exception. Um, so, yeah, just a strong, strong stop. We have a little competition in our pit to see who can be quickest, the driver change or the tyres, but they beat us every time. We're, we're old and slow. Well, I am. John's not, but there we are. But, no, love the stint. Really enjoy driving. I, I love this track so much, and I've been looking forward to it all year, and it's great because we get to race it again tomorrow. 
And it's one of those tracks that uh, no matter how many laps you go around it, you always seem to find a little bit more speed. So talk us through being able to find the pace between practice yesterday and then qualifying today and now into the race. Well, as I think as everybody who knows me knows, I take about a week to get up to speed. So missing the promoter day um, has cost me dearly this season. So I'm just kind of getting into my groove a bit. Uh, it helps to have a plethora of Hyundai's jammed up your rear end. Uh, that kind of gives you the incentive to just push as hard as you can. And my spotter on the radio, Trev, is just yelling at me to just go, go, go. We were laughing about that, how calm, cool, and collected you were with all those Hyundais and all those multicolored Hyundais behind. What's it like to all of a sudden have them behind you instead of ahead of you? It's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, I didn't pay a lot of attention. I ripped the mirrors off the car so I couldn't see them and just kind of stuck to a, a very wide line. Yeah, mega job, mate. Uh, good luck for the rest of the race, and we'll be cheering you on for uh, Road Checker Racing. Thanks. Gavin Ernstone, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Shane. Uh, Shea Adam, our, pit, uh, our VP Racing pit lane and paddock reporter the alpha that uh, has put down i think some fluid and some oil onto the track is being pushed away i sad to say that the kmw machine is uh, i think done for the day what i'm very surprised about jeremy shaw is that looking around the circuit where that car was running that I don't see a really, really thick black line. It, it may have just been a bit of oil vapour that was coming out of the back of that car. Of course, the IMSA officials don't want to take any chances on that, but that at least, and by the way, we are under full course caution, so you missed no action while Shea was talking to Gavin, but it may be after a quick look around, uh, maybe there is a bit there running actually down uh, to, to turn four, but it may not take too long to, uh, to tidy this up. Uh, no, but uh, you know, we, we are going to be opening the pits probably this time by for, for pit stops. We're going to see certainly the top three cars come in. In fact, I'm sure we'll see the whole field come in now because if anybody was struggling to make it to the end of the race before, now they can make their stop under yellow. They'll only need uh, you know, a splash of fuel. So for those cars that were in a little while ago, uh, which was the leaders prior to uh, this prior to the round of pit stops, number 60, 39, uh, 4, 57, 22, all the way down from there, all but the top three. They'll probably come in just for a splash of fuel now, so they'll be good to go for, to the end. And the good news for the top three is that they don't have to come in at all. This is this has been... Um, uh, yeah, sorry, they no, they do. Yeah, they're, a lot more fuel. Yeah, they are. They're going to no, need a lot no, more no, fuel yeah. than everybody else. That's so for sure. But I tell you what, right before before that pit stop, we, we, we saw the battle continuing there between number 60 and a 39. What we didn't see is we see number 95, car, the race leader, coming into pit lane, followed by the the Audi, but not the James Pezzet PF Racing Ford. That's odd. Um, maybe they're just trying to keep other cars a lap down. Uh, but the... Um, where was I going with that? Yeah, the, the two Mercedes... Oh, the number 54 and 57, the two windward Mercedes, they pretty much close up onto the tail of that battle between the Aston Martin and the Audi. So whereas the Mercedes had fallen back in the first two stints of the race, given that full course caution after 15 laps, uh, now they were run, running right on the, the pace of those leading pair. Yeah, I'm just looking through here and... Yeah... Just looking through, there's 47, call it 48 minutes to go. So there could be some very short pit stops here, as Jeremy alludes to. And, and what 
they, they'll probably do is not put any more tyres on those cars. Remember, Shea said at the start of the race, at the start of the, our race broadcast, that the Michelin tyre allocation is for the whole weekend. So for both of the races and the qualifying session, you do get extra tyres because we've got two races, but you can use them however you want. I, I suspect that a few people will not put the tyres on here, they'll save the time they'll go to the end of the tyres that they've got and save a new set of shiny Michelins for the second of our IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge tomorrow, first time that we have had two races on the same weekend we'll work out who did what to whom uh, in a moment, remember we split the pit stops here so the TCRs uh, could come in next time around uh, for those that haven't yet been into the pits, there, I'm, I'm presuming then, Jeremy, that the the Michael Lewis TCR, the number 98 car, uh, that owes us a pit stop. It's only been into the pits once, so that car's going to pit now and go. Thank you, Shea, and go to the end. Shea, sorry, uh, give us a quick roundup uh, of uh, of what happened in that very short pit stop sequence there whilst Jeremy and I were mulling the meaning of life with this uh, VP Racing Fuels pit <laughs> and paddock report. What you got, you? As you as you're want to do. Uh, the number 40, which was the PF Racing Mustang, took field tires, and it's now Chad McCombie behind the wheel of that one. As far as other cars that did full service, I saw the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW came in field tires in Bill Oberlin, giving Robbie Foley a brief chance to catch his breath. It was fuel only for the 60 Aston Martin, the 38 Jan Halen-driven Porsche, and most importantly, the 39 Audi Jeff Westfall. Now into the pit lane come the TCR cars, because you were just talking about them, and they realized that they should come in. The plan is for the 21, that's the black Hyundai that was started by Mark Wilkins and is now driven by Mason Felipe, Harry Gottsacker, one no, of the two, Mark, I'm sorry. Mark, Wil Mark, Mark Wilkins, Wilkins stayed so, in that car, yeah, so he has, he's okay. got to get out now. That's why I was confused by the timing screen, so it will be Mason Felipe taking that car over. Fuel and four, four new Michelin tires, that's significant because TCR cars don't often do that. Fuel and two tires for the 98. That is the sister car that was started by Mikey Lewis, taken over by Harry Gottsacker. So those two cars came in from the Hyundai World. Also into the pit lane was the 29, started by Parker Chase, will be taken over by Spencer Brockman. That was fuel and four tires for that car as well. And when the 33, the other Hyundai from Brian Hurd Autosport, the red one came in and it did its pit stop. It was a slow pit stop to begin with because they had an air jack failure and had to do things the old fashioned way. And then it had to come back in and serve its drive through penalty. So it's been a bad day for the red one, a good day for the black one, the blue one, and the white one. Well, the good news, Jeremy, for the red one uh, in in the Hyundai parlance, and thank you, by the way, to Brian Hurt at Autosport for giving us four cars all in different uh, liveries, uh, is this uh, full course caution will close them back up again. So that penalty that they got for contact with the Aston Martin pretty much uh, has now uh, been wiped out and they will at least be on the back of the TCR field because they didn't drop a lap to the leader. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we know how quick Gabby Chavez is. He's been the the, the quick man in the uh, in the Hyundai ranks. Having said that, Parker Chase has actually set fastest lap a couple of times in the last few races. Uh, but uh, you know, we know how good Gabby is. That's for sure. So uh, he is. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's paid attention to how that first it was for Ryan Norman, what the tire wear was like, and how how he can push in the early stages of what will be the final stint to the checkered flag. 
So the Michelin Pilot first race of the weekend. What do you mean first race? I know if you are a regular to our RS2 IMSA radio and IMSA TV broadcast, you'll be thinking, what is Hindoff talking about? We have a second one tomorrow. If this is Super Saturday, it's stupendous Sunday because we have even more racing, including qualifying and the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race, the feature race of the weekend, both taking place tomorrow for WeatherTech uh, and we'll slide in uh, another Michelin Pilot Challenge race as well. Still the safety car is circulating and Eric Voss then leads the field for Mercedes AMG, the GT4, the Tangerine Chrome car for Marillo Racing, the number 56 from Jeff Westfall, the car bar with Perrigan Racing Audi, then Winwood Racing with Indy Donchi in third. Well, we've got a couple of TCRs that are uh, out of kilter there. James Vanson, John Morley. Now, they have done their pit stops, haven't they? Yes, they have. But we will do, a, I presume we'll do a class split uh, for the guys that need it. In comes Turner Motorsport. Shea Adam uh, back into the pit lane. But this time... Uh, it is not the Bill Oberlin car, which he took over from Robbie Foley. This is Robbie Foley's new BMW to take to the end of the race. Robbie Foley's been out of a car for about six minutes now, so it's time he gets back behind the wheel of a race car, the 96 this time. This is the one without the white hood. So he is getting fuel and new tires. Also into the pit lane further back was that seven Archangel Racing Porsche. That's the bright yellow one. Alan Brynjolfsson brought it in, having driven quite a long portion of this race. He is handing over now to Trent Hinman. Into the pit lane came the number three. That was Corey Lewis bringing in the Mia McLaren fuel. It should be fuel only for that car, but they might as well take advantage of an opportunity while they can because they've got effectively a free stop coming in while the cars are getting ready to go back to green. And I've just seen a message saying the 54 Audi is behind the wall. Let me investigate that a little more. That would be Stephen Simpson. Amazing, making their pit stops because we're going to go green right now, John. They're going to be almost a lap down when this race gets underway, as it does right now. The number 56 cars leading this race did not make an extra pit stop, so are they, they're going to try and stretch their fuel to the end. Wow. Well, okay, that's very interesting. Uh, those GS cars that came in came in or just as the GS class split was going on. One, two, three wide uh, in behind the white-hooded BMW. That is Bill Oberlin as they head up to the keyhole. A couple of BMWs, then the BGB Porsche, then the PF Racing bright pink Mustang, or dusty pink Mustang, I suppose you'd call it. I'll never make an interior designer, I'll tell you that right now. Eric Foss has already done 13 laps, but of course, uh, the uh, some of that has been under yellow. So when did he get in that? Well, uh, he got in that car spot on the hour, uh, the hour in terms of the time. But but th that, of course, yes. So uh, that four minutes of the hour race time on the hour clock time. So, yes. So he, he's a bit he's a bit previous there. I suppose, Jeremy, with a bit more yellow flag, he, he might he might make it how how, uh, how good is he's driving in slippers? That's the thing. So Voss from Westfall, from Indy Donchi, from Seb Prio and Alex Udell. Uh, that's how they stand uh, as they head out with Jan Halen now behind the wheel of the BJB Motorsports uh, Porsche wheel as well. 
Uh, and Bill Orbel is right in the mix there as well, isn't he? In sixth position in the Tyler Motorsport car. There's the 22, round the outside of the core motorsports. Aston Martin, that's Sebastian Prio and Kyle Marcelli battling as they have done many times before. And Kyle Marcelli knows all about uh, Multimatic and the great Canadian firm that they are. Shares the uh, citizenship with the guys from up there north of the border. Marilla Racing, just eight tenths of a second out in front with Jeff Westfall chasing him down. And then this fabulous battle behind Bill Oberlin, Jan Halen, Dylan McEvan, Chad McCombie, Alex Chattel and Brett Mosing. That's down to 11th position. And everybody at the moment, apart from the leader, Eric Foss, who's got about a three quarters of a second lead, everybody else is having a battle. Yeah, they are fantastic. Once again, though, we saw the straight line speed of the Aston Martin just breeze past the Ford Mustang on the long drag downhill drag to turn four there. Uh, and after a relatively slow pit stop there for the number 60 car, cost him uh, several positions. He's already making out ground really quickly. He took the restart in the, I think, in the seventh position or seventh or eighth position. And he's now up into, what, uh, fifth for Carl Marcelli. So we've got past these two or three cars. Whoops. Ah. Is that the replay from earlier on? Yeah, that's where he lost the lead, I think, earlier on. The replay we see right there for the number 60 car. So he's had a couple of comebacks he's had to make during this race. Yeah, that was up at the keyhole for those of you uh, who can't see the pictures. And that was a little while uh, ago. RS2, IMSA Radio, bringing you live flag-to-flag coverage of all of the Michelin Pilot Challenge. No blocks, no breaks uh, for those of you fortunate enough to be able to watch the pictures it's a beautiful day with the track temperature now at 24 degrees air temperature 24 degrees so it has equalized a little bit it was a wee bit warmer than that for the michelin tires earlier on foss then by just half a second now jeff westfall with target acquired meantime in tcr james vance has taken over the fast md car and there's a great battle going on there with ryan eversley john morley mason Felipe, and they are all together the top five absolutely together jeremy yeah they are it's a fantastic battle there and uh, ryan eversley the veteran driver he's up in the second position here that uh, honda has benefited from the uh, extra weight added to the other cars the Audi's got 20 kilos of weight for this weekend the Hyundai's have got 60 kilos so all of a sudden the, the Honda is now a lot more competitive and Ryan Eversley is looking to take advantage of that it's a really good first stint by his protege Taylor Hagler she's got a lot of experience lately she'd been driving uh, last weekend she drove in the SRO category in this same car so getting more seat time she's also had that additional track time here at Mid-Ohio a couple of weeks ago as part of the Acura Young Driver Development Development uh, program where she got opportunity to drive the GT3 uh, Acura NSX. So uh, she's taken advantage of that extra experience, John. Oh, very good. Uh, and has repaid the confidence. Let's be honest, Jeremy, that was a very accomplished first stint by Tyler Hagler. Uh, and, and well done. Any driver jumping into this level of racing. That uh, has to be very good indeed. One, two, three across the track is their head up towards the keyhole. And the problem for the TCRs now is Brett Mosing because the Marillo Racing Mercedes-AMG GT3 is slightly holding them up through the twisty bits. And meantime, the other car for Marillo is holding on to the lead, but barely the carbon by Peregrine Racing, or with Peregrine Racing, excuse me, uh, is right behind them. That's the grey and green Audi. And still the battles go on 
in TCR and mixing it up with the GS cars. As we mentioned earlier on, those TCRs are very nimble through the many corners that there are here. Their minimum corner speed and the amount of attack you can take in with these TCRs, Jeremy, is very impressive indeed. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? They, they are super yeah. fun, I think, around here. Uh, but certainly, you know, they do have to look after their tyres. These front-wheel drive machines have got a fair bit of horsepower, well, over 300 horsepower going through those front wheels uh, on this on these TCR cars. So, you know, tyre wear is always an issue, uh, and it will be here in the latter stages of this race. Who can keep their Michelin Pilot uh, tyres in the best shape for the closing stages, particularly in TCR? So, Jeremy Shaw and John Heindorf in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, socially distanced, as uh, we have to be nowadays, but still enjoying motor racing. And let's uh, give thanks for that with 35 minutes to go. Shea Adam is our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. Here's the battle for the lead, dropping down into Turn 4, wide entry by the car barn. Audi trying to get around the outside and then take the left-hand side, the inside of the track, over the top of the rise there. Fantastic place to sit and watch. Many of you doing that at the moment. And thank you again for supporting the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge and the Acura Sports Car Challenge this weekend here at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. I love this place. It is a super place to watch motor racing. It's a fabulous part of the world to come to. And I'm so pleased that IMSA, uh, the track, and, of course, uh, the local authorities have been able to combine to make this happen it always turns up good racing and we're watching an absolute cracker now with eric foss under pressure from jeff westfall carl marcelli sitting in waiting to pick the pieces up in that core motorsport aston martin and then winwood racing what a result this would be for indy donchi who's taking over the number four card sebastian prio's not that far away and neither is bill oberland and if bill oberland's got a sight of a lead, which he has at the moment, as they're all on the straight heading up to the top of the hill and the keyhole, as Robbie Foley puts the fastest lap of the race in and the 17th position, number 96, Turner Motorsport BMW GT4 that he's uh, taken over after the pit stop. He's down uh, a little bit off the pace at the moment. And as you suggested, Jeremy, did drop off the lead lap with that strategy to try and make the pit stop. But that is a fast car as the leaders come through once again, getting down to this half-hour mark. And I don't see many people saving fuel here, Jeremy. I think the dice have been rolled and it's going to be race what you've got. And if they've got a splash at the end, so be it. Well, yeah, except for number 56 car. That's the one that uh, certainly is going to have to look after his fuel consumption. And he didn't he run out of fuel in the last race on the last lap? Uh, cost him several positions. But, I mean, this Marilla racing team, they've been fabulously consistent over the years. Uh, Eric Foss, uh, a former a two-time series champion in, the, in, this, uh, in this championship, in the ST division, admittedly. But they've got, I think it's now, they've had 37 top 10s and 21 top 5s in the last 47 races, dating back to uh, 2015. So, you know, they know how to get it done, this Morella Racing team. And Eric Foss, uh, he'll be hoping this time that their, their fuel consumption rate is enough to get them just over that start finish line rather than falling <laughs> short as they did last time but look there's that aston martin he's got past well. the uh, mustang of uh, scott maxwell and honing in rapidly on the three leading cars three three of them yeah because er er eric foss could be looking at his mirrors and he's going to be seeing double 
That's because the team car, which has got uh, Tom Dyer at the wheel, that car is a lap down, but uh, Tom Dyer is going to be maybe act as kind of a tail gunner, but no, the Aston Martin, I think, is just too fast on the straights. And there goes the Aston Martin into third place on the road. Uh, perhaps Tom Dyer says no. <laughs> no well, he's, he's unable he's to keep fought. it behind. He's certainly fought. Yeah. Brilliant stuff as he uh, headed down into turn four, round China Beach and on through the S's towards Thunder Valley. And that's where they're heading towards now, the leaders, over the top of that tricky little right-hander at turn nine. The car getting light exactly where you don't want it to. Meantime, uh, in the TCR category, Ryan Eversley in second position has got his hands full because John Morley in the dark grey, number 61, Audi is down the inside as he comes into the S's and they'll go side by side under the Acura Bridge almost at least. But John Morley, his intent, Jeremy, very much shown there. He's not going to follow Ryan Eversley around. He's not content with that third position. James Vance getting away to the tune of two seconds, but the battle for second has been fired up to 11. Yeah, hasn't it, Justin? This is uh, going to be re really interesting. The two Audis here sandwiching that lone Honda in the field. Ryan Eversley, boy, you know, he's got a massive amount of experience. Taylor Hagler, she's a relative newcomer to this sport, but that's not the case, uh, most definitely, for the number 77 car of uh, Ryan Eversley. He has uh, he's, he's, uh, had uh, 101 starts prior to this weekend, seven victories, so he knows what it takes to get things done. Watching the relatively different, or the relative performance, should I say, and the different way these cars make their lap times. TCR, a very closely monitored uh, formula around the world, but it's still good to see that the cars have different strengths uh, and weaknesses, and they will have to be exploited or defended by the, their respective drivers, of course. Uh, the leaders, once again. The laps just tick off so quickly here. I've been doing a quick look at Eric Voss. He's been out about 33 minutes. There's a huge chunk of, what, six, seven laps in the middle that were un under the safety car when we were uh, checking out and making sure that there was uh, nothing nasty on the racing line dropped by the Alpha when it expired in a rather smoky way. And we've got just under... 30 minutes to go. I still reckon that's touch and go for that uh, big three-pointed star and more importantly the big engine, Jeremy, behind it for Eric Voss. He's not going slowly. We've got to say that. He's under pressure, yes, but he did a 28-7 last time uh, around and his best, or that car's best, is a 28-2. So he's within half a second of that car's best lap of the race so far. So maybe looking after the fuel and the tyres a little bit but not that much he's doing enough to keep some very good drivers behind him well you're absolutely right John Hanoff and, and he's turning consistent lap times there in that range as well he's going to have to be defensive down there so it certainly look, doesn't look like he's, he's saving fuel you know, one, one hopes that they're not going to run shy of the, uh, the finish. Maybe they need a full course caution to get to the end. I'm sure that would, be, that would be make things a lot more comfortable. But um, I'm pretty sure that that team, they've got a huge amount of experience. And they, I'm sure the reason they didn't stop, because it was in, you know, the car was in up at the front in any case, uh, the reason they didn't stop is because they think they can get to the end still running a, a really, really good pace. So we will see, as you say, 28 minutes and change remaining. Mm, I've got a feeling that this one is going to run. Well, 
that's a good point, Jeremy, and that could be the spoiler, couldn't it? Uh, you mentioned the second of the Carbon cars running uh, a lap off the lead for Tom Dyer, but you know he's only three cars away from getting back on the lead lap, and if he can stick on the back of the multicoloured Aston, he might have a genuine opportunity to be able to do that. Would he do it? Particularly, how hard would he have to do it to get past? his team car which is sitting in second position at the moment as they're around the keyhole at the top of the hill uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure that there may be some uh, risk versus reward calculations going on on the carbon with peregrine racing pit stand at the moment under 28 minutes to go here comes the aston martin there goes the aston martin down into turn four as really was as simple as that through into second position for Kyle Marcelli. Now, is you know, Kyle didn't make it too difficult, but I'm not sure there was very much he could do. But he might be playing the longer game here, Jeremy, and thinking to himself, well, Kyle Marcelli might push that number 56 car into either a mistake that I can benefit from or using more fuel, which I can definitely benefit from. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, the, the the Aston clearly has the legs on the Audi here. We've we've seen that. We've seen that consistently through the season. In fact, the Audi team they've been same. They've been telling me for a long, long time that they just turned out the straight line speed. And certainly, it was very, very apparent here today. Uh, twice in this race, the number sixty cars breezed past on that long downhill straightaway. So very frustrating. But look, the the Audi uh, and the, and the and Aston the Martin they're both very good on their tyres as well. Yes, that's true. I, I thought there was going to be a very cheeky little move into turn one there by Kyle Marcelli in that number 60 multicoloured Aston. Mostly white, but with a, a teal blue and green and uh, very, very bright pink on the front end of that car. It really accentuates the svelte and uh, uh, very flowing lines of the new Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Down onto the back straight again, down the hill, immediately to the left-hand side of the circuit for Kyle Marcelli. And the Canadian is already ahead as he goes through the safety car line. But now he's going to have to tough it out on the outside line through turn four. It's very, very dirty out there. There's a lot of tyre debris and he couldn't get the turn in. And he, it might cost him second place. But now the same problem for Jeff Westfall, who has to go onto the dirty stuff. But he does get the the inside line at the bottom of the hill as he heads through the S's and back into second position for the car that's been super competitive, the team that's been super competitive and super consistent in their results all year. Core Motorsports down to third, Carbon back up to second place. Great stuff. Great stuff. A great opportunist drive in there from Jeff Westfall to take advantage of the fact that the number 60 Aston Martin was just pushed off the optimal line and Westfall able to take that, take advantage of that, get around the outside, top of the hill in turn five, which then translates to the inside at turn six. Look, there's a championship at stake here for those two. They are top dogs in this championship, just separated by one point. Yeah, goodly margin now ahead of everybody else. But look, in their mirrors, there is uh, Indy Doncha right there for Windward Racing in at number four, Mercedes and Seb Prio in number 22, Multimatic uh, Ford Mustang as well. This is a five-car train, six-car train with the lapped car of Tom Dyer in there as well. Great fun. 
Three seconds further back, Alex Utel. Then Bill Oberlin has dropped back a wee bit. He's got Jan Hill and half a second behind him. Dylan McEvan for the Bimmer World Cars, a further second back in the top 10, uh, made up by Chad McCombie for PF Racing. He's taken over that bright Mustang. Nine seconds between the top 10. And Shea Adam has got some news in this VP Racing Fuel pit lane report. And it might just be about how much VP Racing Fuel uh, that the lead car, that number 56, Marillo Racing Mercedes, has got to play with. Shea. I just checked in with Jeff Mosing, the driver who started that 56 Marilla Racing Mercedes, who says hello to you and Jeremy, by the way. He says, hello back. if they stay, yeah, hello back, Jeff. I know you can hear us over the PA speakers. If they stay green, it's going to be very, very close. He doesn't oh, yeah. think that they will necessarily be able to make it. If they get any sort of caution, they're good to go. And that's what Foss is driving towards. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's very honest to say that. I mean, we can look at it and we can um, make the, 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 the call on it, Jeremy, but it's sometimes the teams don't give you the full picture. And we understand why, because there's strategic reasons uh, for that. But they are, they are on the edge here. It, I don't think it'll take them that much because the fuel saving uh, around here, the laps go by very, very quickly and the fuel saving is very big indeed because of these long, flat-out blasts like the leaders are on now down the, the back straight. But I think full green and it's a cough and a splutter, possibly two maybe three laps from the end. I mean, that, that's only four minutes, five minutes of racing, of course, and that's the problem uh, for the guys at Marillo Racing. Meantime, that second-place battle has... Uh, sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. No, I beg your pardon, John. I, I mean, you know, just last the last race, they, they tried this gamble as well, and it, and it, uh, it backfired on the very last lap. So they're certainly going to be hoping that lightning does not strike twice. Meanwhile, for... Uh, Fast MD with Speed Syndicate Racing. There is number 23 car, James Vance uh, from uh, Toronto in Ontario, Canada. He's uh, extending his lead just little by little over that battle for second place between Ryan Eversley and John Morley. Oh, magnificent. You know, you come to a racetrack and you hope to see a few decent races, maybe a couple of races over the weekend. We've got two fabulous races all in one out on the circuit at the same time. And it's not unusual to coin a phrase. Uh, the Exhibition of Pilot Challenge has been doing this consistently. Down the inside into turn one, a big dive again by Carl Marcelli. Showed the nose uh, to, the, uh, the, to the Audi driver ahead of him, Jeff Westfall. Now, surely this is all about how that Aston Martin gets out of the keyhole, which is where they are now. The leader just kicking up a little bit of dust. And for a moment, there's a car length or a couple of car lengths between first and second as Eric Voss is taking advantage. And now the Aston side by side down the inside and gets that done very easily. Indeed, down the start straight, not the finish straight, just the start straight as it was here today. And back over the top of Madness, down through uh, 4, 5 and 6 and into the, uh, or round China Beach, should I say, and into the S's. Now, this time, can can Carl Marcelli keep that position and how is he going to deal with the AMG in front of him? It was an attacking manoeuvre that cost him second place before, Jeremy, but that is the name of the game, I'm afraid, when it's this tight. Well, that's absolutely true. But how frustrating for uh, Jeff Westfall and that Audi just to see the Asabata motor pass him on the straight. That, like, like I say, the team has been uh, you know, making that point to him. So for, for, well, 
better part of a year actually uh, but yes. uh, there it was really really apparent but look they're still very much in the championship uh, reckoning here and uh, you know, he's going to be hoping for some sort of a mistake or other incident for Kyle Marcelli. There's already been at least a couple in this race for Kyle, so or, or that number 60 car at least. So, yeah, all is not yet lost. No, but indeed Jeff, not. Definitely going on a defensive, isn't he? He's, he uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Eric, Eric Foss, definitely on a defensive. He's using all of his experience. He's one of the most experienced drivers in the field. 90, this is his 96th start at the oh, Aston. Aston. Is it going to be too strong? I think it will be. It's going to go around to the left-hand side and even uh, just prior to the kink, really, wasn't it? That that was a done deal. A bit of headlamp flashing uh, from the Marillo Racing Car, which goes down the outside and uh, tries to tough it out and does tough it out. That's a magnificent piece of driving by both of those drivers. And again, Kyle uh, Marcelli in the Aston just loses out a little bit. Couldn't get that car turned in at the bottom of the hill to turn four the car was just drifting a little bit Marcelli was uh, struggling and that instinct that a racing driver a good racing driver has was absolutely seized upon by Eric Foss of Marillo Racing you mentioned Jeff Westfall taking the opportunist maneuver earlier on and that was brilliant stuff from Eric Voss. Just a quick point as well, there's a few people asking on at IMSA Radio on Twitter about what's happened to one or two cars. Remember the Rebel Rock racing car didn't start after an accident earlier in the week. We've lost the Riley Motorsports Mercedes number 35, the McCann Racing Audi number 8 uh, has stopped. Uh, we've also lost the uh, KMW Alfa Romeo's Giulietta with a very smoky engine. Steve Sim Stephen Simpson uh, pitted quite a long time ago with the number 54 car. We haven't seen that since. And the latest one to join uh, the retirements list behind the wall now for Turner Motorsport and Robbie Foley. After that 96 car had set the fastest lap of the race for GS at a 127.7. But it will go no further. It's gone behind the wall. Uh, Sebastian Prio is side by side now in the Multimatic Mustang and he's in between the two Winwood racing car and if he's not battling one he's battling the other and in fact I think that was uh, Alex Uttel just going through and taking the position in the more stock looking of those cars the more silver car the black and red car ahead of him is his teammate so that's Winwood racing then up to fourth and fifth position both of the cars running very, very well indeed today for Winwood HTP. So Marillo racing with half a second. That's all. Under 18 minutes to go, Jeremy. I, I can't tell whether this... mistake uh, the number 57 car Alec Udell he was in 10th position at the restart he stormed through that pack of cars and he's, he's uh, caught up with this leading pack now uh, he's absolutely flying that's Alec Udell in car number 57 but uh, once again we saw a slip on that last lap by the Aston Martin the Audi back in front again what a battle this is between these now seven cars in a train with the lap car number 93 in the middle of them all great stuff I, I, I know that Carl uh, Marcelli, um, effectively, Carl Marcelli's been in the car for 30 laps now, and I wonder if they did change tyres at the last stop and they thought they would go. Because so I think that Aston's struggling for a little bit of front grip, not the rear grip. It's punching out the corners very well, but it just seems to be a little bit vague for Kyle when he's uh, trying. And, and, and any time he goes offline, he seems to suffer more than anybody else, Jeremy, with being able to get back online. He's having uh, another look 
Uh, and uh, no, can't get that done as he goes over the top of nine and into Thunder Valley. But it's been a fantastic battle at the front of the field for first, for second, for third. And they're all still very much together. Uh, and those two windward cars may yet be the, the surprise package in some respect. But all this battling at the front of the field, Jeremy, is closing up the top ten. Because Turner and Bill Oberlin, who dropped away uh, a little bit, well, yes, he's still seven seconds away. He's got BGB and Jan Halen behind him. Uh, but if you're starting to lap in the 29s, which the leaders are, that's a couple of seconds away from their best laps. And I, and I think that tyres are beginning to call enough now, particularly for those guys who decided to try and stretch it on that last stop without changing the Michelin rubber. Yeah, you know, what have we got? 15 minutes remaining in this race. And, uh, boy, who knows what's going to happen here. That uh, battle, the Mustang hanging in there at the back of this train of cars now, trying to get back past uh, Alec Udell, who's not able to find a way past his teammate Indy Dontra. And neither of those two able to find a way past the second of the uh, car barn with Peregrine Racing Audi. It's the number 93 car. It is a lap down to the leaders, but... Uh, and Tom Dyer is doing absolutely everything right. He's not blocking by any means. He's just driving as fast as he can, which is fast enough to stay, absolutely fast enough to stay with that leading pack. And it was a good first stint, by the way, by Mark Siegel in that first car. Yeah, he fell a lap off the pace right towards the end, which is a bit unfortunate, but uh, certainly it's been a good run and good to see both of those two uh, green and black cars up in the mix here at the front of the pack. Now, share Adam with this VP racing fuel update from the pit and paddock i was speculating she has the news uh, about what happened in those last pit stops for the aston and the audi share what can you tell us i watched the stops under the yellow and both the aston and the audi so we're talking about the 60 and the 39 it was fuel only for those cars during their stops right okay and, and i i think you can see that now so they're gonna go a long way on those uh, tires how that will play out tomorrow when we have another Michelin Pilot Challenge here at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course uh, with a limited number of tyres as per the regulations uh, for the whole race weekend. Additional tyres because of the extra race, but not double the amount of tyres. Nowhere near double the allocation. And I, I like that. I think that's a really good call. The two windward cars now battling uh, as the leaders go side by side again down the hill the Aston Jeremy's right has a very very good punch down the straight and that V8 engine is going very well a similar V8 engines similar uh, block etc from the uh, AMG to the Aston Martin but that Aston does seem to be uh, a little bit quicker through the air but couldn't turn that into a passing opportunity down at turn four and China Beach invitingly just wanting to draw those cars in because all you've got to do is miss your braking point by maybe two two yards even if that if you got that you're probably just going to understeer off and there's very few people who have driven out of china beach without being uh, on the end of, of a tour rope. through the carousel to complete uh, another lap it's still amg from aston martin from Audi, from AMG twice, from Ford, from BMW, from Porsche, from Ford and from BMW. That's your top 10. And down the inside into turn one. We've seen him try that a couple of times before. He's put his nose in there, Kyle Marcelli. And I just thought he was showing the nose, trying to intimidate the 
car that he was trying to pass it, whether it was the uh, Murillo Mercedes or the GT4. And he's managed to make that stick. That is an audacious manoeuvre. He's defending to the inside at the moment and off onto the grass. Now, was there a little touch there, Jeremy? They came out of the keyhole between the Aston uh, and the uh, car band with Paragon Racing, Jeff Westfall driven Audi. Well, certainly, Carl uh, Marcelli left Eric Foss absolutely no room on the outside line, but, uh, you know, he'd got the pass already done, and I think it was Jeff, I think I think for Eric Foss, they're just a little bit optimistic in hoping, and I think, I think that was going to be put down a good, hard, clean, hard, but just about fair racing. It was certainly a bit of a marginal move, but it was Eric Foss, was kind of, you know, when, when you hang, it, hang yourself out in the outside line, you're taking a risk, and I think uh, in that instance, it probably bit uh, Eric Foss, so he's going to lose not just one position but uh, four or five I, I think for me the uh, the deciding factor for that was that the Aston was already ahead at that point and Voss was trying to fight back if the Aston had died up the inside and ushered him off I may have looked at that in fact I would have looked at that I think Jeremy um, with how much racing we see uh, in the States I might have looked at that differently but the Aston was there it was hugging the inside it's going to drift out uh, and uh, with Eric trying to come round the outside and take back the lead, I think, as you say, it was very optimistic. He got alongside about three quarters through the middle of the keyhole, which is where they are back again now. And by the way, he's dropped back, as Jeremy uh, intimated there, he's dropped back behind the two uh, Mercedes AMG GT4s of Winwood Racing. That puts Indy Johnshi up into a third and Alex Yudel up into fourth position. Yeah, I, I think the fact that he was trying to make that position back may just tip the scales in Kyle Marcelli's uh, favour for that. But we don't have to make that call, thank goodness. Uh, is it being looked at? I'm not sure. We'll find out. Uh, what we will say about IMSA is for those type of incidents, decisions tend to be made very quickly and we're down within 11 minutes to go so if it is being looked at um, and they tend to also let us know on the race control channel what is going on we have to talk about TCR for a while and that's because there's been so much battling at the front of the field but James Vance is back up to 12th position and fought his way past some of the TC uh, through some of the GT cars as well the GS cars Ryan Eversley still in second for the 77 LA Honda World Racing and John Morley holding on to a fabulous third position that Gavin Ernstone was holding down early on for Road Shagger Racing in the 61 Audi it's a little bit of a lonely run for James Vance at the moment because he has got Tim Brobert uh, in the Marillo racing number 65 car that's the second of the of the two Marillo racing cars he's got that and a few seconds quite a few seconds between himself and Eversley in second position under 10 minutes to go Jeremy Marcelli at the front by 1.2 seconds it's a battle between him and Westfall but Indy Donchi and Alex Udell look very very dangerous to me yeah, they do, except for the fact that second of the uh, Carbon Audi is, is ahead of the wall. So, uh, you know, I think now we're going to see yes. Carl Marcelli kind of waltz away. He's, he's not going to be caught. And the good news for West, Jeff Westfall is he's got, uh, he's got a spoiler there right behind him and his teammate who's doing just an excellent job, Tom Dyer. 22nd position overall, a lap down to the late race leaders, obviously, as we can see on the racetrack. But uh, he's just doing, he's driving beautifully. You know, he's, he's hugely experienced, Tom Dyer. Massively underrated. Uh, he's, it's, it's, I think it's great he's got this opportunity with this team and he's been driver coaching with Mark Siegel. He's made a career out of driver coaching as Tom Dyer from California. And it's good. So he's actually lost those positions now. So uh, he's going to be out of the um, out of the battle, as I was talking about him, talking him up. Thank you, Tom. Um, but now we're going to see whether those Mercedes 
and one of them whether the Mercedes can indeed close up on the number 39 car and that's the interest isn't it uh, really really is the interest meantime Sebastian Prior's making sure that uh, we are entertained he's now right up the tailpipes uh, of the Marillo Racing uh, AMG Mercedes GT4 that's the car that is in fifth position for Eric Voss it's fair to say as well, don't forget that Eric Voss was very marginal on fuel. So he still must be very marginal on fuel because you can't, no matter what we joke about people like Dario Franchitti in the past and certainly Scott Dixon from the IndyCar ranks, you can't actually make fuel. It just looks like they have been doing that. He's been out there now for 55 minutes and change uh, in that number uh, 60, uh, 56, rather, the Murillo racing car, or if you prefer, 35 laps. Now, they have not been all green flag laps, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think seven safety car laps in the middle of that, but that is a very long time to have been out, and with seven and a half minutes still to go, the chances of him making it to the end, uh, on certainly on full rich, I think are uh, a little narrow, and maybe Seb Prio, and possibly even Bill Orbel and, and the battling Jan Halen might be able to drag a, a position or two by getting past that car as it slows. But Kyle Marcelli's not pulling away as I thought he would in the Aston. Just a second uh, ahead of Jeff Westphal, then the two Winwood Racing Mercedes AMG GT4. And we go into the last seven minutes of this Michelin Pilot Challenge, Mid Ohio 120. Jeremy Shaw, what a race this has been! Yeah, brilliant. And, and Kyle Marcelli, you know, he's in the lead now. He's he's going to be managing the pace. He doesn't need to push any harder than he needs to push. Uh, he's he's been around this sport long enough to know that. You know, the gap for, he can see the gap between himself and that second place car of Jeff Westfall. It's it's around a second on the racetrack. It's uh, eight or ten car lengths, uh, and that's all he needs to know about. He's got like I say, enough experience in all sorts of different categories of racing to know what it takes now to bring that car home again. There's a pit stop for number 82. That's Gregory Leofouge who uh, was running in the 11th position. Uh, but for uh, for Carl Marcelli, this is his 49th start in this championship. He's got four wins to his name, uh, uh, along with uh, Nate, Nate Stacey, his teammate here today in the Core Motorsports Aston Martin. So down to the last few laps now with 16 minutes to go. Still James Vance. Looking at a victory for Fast MD with Speed Syndicate, the Audi RS3 LMS TCR leads from the Honda. It's another Audi in third position for John Morley and Road Shagger Racing. Gavin Ernston did a great job at the start of the race. Under six minutes to go at the front of the field. The interest is still there. Karl Marcelli, uh, no problems on fuel for the Aston Martin or for the Audi in Second place, Jeff Westfall. They may be struggling a little bit for tyre grip now because they only did fuel at their last stop. Then into John, John Sheen, Alex Udell. Have they got a little bit more grip from their tyres? And into the pit lane, Sher Adam, comes the 56 car. It was five, five and a half minutes too long for the 56 machine. Six seconds, seven, eight, nine. Nine seconds worth of fuel. That's how short they were to make it to the end. Ah. Oh, that one's going to hurt for a while. Oh, well, that's the...
Yeah, just under the hour mark when he came into the pit lane. He'll get back out there now and try and pick up some pieces as we under five minutes to go with Carl Marcelli just edging away in that Aston Martin. Now 1.6 seconds. And is Indy Donchi going to settle for third? I don't think he's got that in his lexicon. His vocabulary just doesn't doesn't have that. Alec Hittel, by the way, is right on the tailpipes of his team car. The two Mercedes running in different colours. The Mobile One uh, livery on that uh, sort of dark grey, almost charcoal flat grey with the uh, very dark red hindquarters. That's the number four car. Uh, and that car sits in third for Indy Donchi. Alec Yudel has the slightly more stock-looking car, as I described it the other day. In terms of its paint, paint job, it did used to be just silver, but it has uh, gained some blue highlights uh, on that car. And those two are absolutely together with just under four minutes to go at the as they negotiate the keyhole. 72 laps completed. I'm just checking in with what's going on in TCR because the GS cars that were between Ryan Eversley and John Morley have now gone and there's only 2.1 seconds between Eversley and Morley uh, and those two there might still just be a little bit of a battle going on there they're lapping very similar paces as the two teammates from Winwood now head into the S's what a race what excitement what entertainment this is IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge at its very best in the Mid-Ohio 120. The first race of two this weekend at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course for the Michelin Pilot Challenge runners has really delivered. And there's still, there's still positions being disputed here, Jeremy Shaw, and still significant ones at that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think, what, two minutes and 50 seconds remaining. I think we'll probably be white flag next time around. So two laps to go as we see this battle. This has been a long-term battle between the number 80, which is driven uh, by Dylan McAvern, former series champion, and Chad McCombie in the uh, Ford Mustang that, uh, that, that we saw, heard talked about earlier on Shades of Pink. That's very much pink, is that Ford Mustang. Great battle between these two. And with the pit stop for the number 56 car, that now becomes a battle for eighth place. PF Racing then up the hill. And time running out for those who want to make a move. John Morley has taken a couple of tents, but only a couple of tents uh, out of... Ryan Eversley, that could yet be a battle. Who's just put their fastest lap in down there? Oh, that was Mason Felipe. And he's within striking distance of his teammate now. The 29, the 98, and the 21. Uh, Brian Herter with Kerb Agajanian. Uh, Hyundai Velosters are together on the timing screen, but the first two of those, the 29 and the 98, uh, are just a second or so apart. And I'm keeping an eye as well, a weather eye, uh, on those two AMG GT4s from Winwood Racing. I think Multi 21 would have been called out on the uh, on the uh, radio now for those two because what we don't want to see and what the two wards, who are the wards from Winwood, uh, Bryce uh, and uh, uh, Bryce and Russell Ward, uh, father and son, they don't want to see their very lovely GT4s collide and throw away very good finishes. For those two. Seb Prio is another four seconds, three and a half for the back. Uh, and then there's a bigger gap back to Bill Orblin, who hasn't been able to keep the pace of the top five since the restart, unusually for the Turner Motorsport BMW M4. Jeremy, you were spot on. The white flag is out. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, this is Puff of dust. There's, there's still battles going all the way, all the way around this racetrack, aren't we? It's tremendous. It's been a great race. It really has. But uh, there's no doubt the top two cars. They started on the front row together. The uh, Aston Martin and the Audi. They're the two championship leaders. It's been a tremendous battle. It looks like uh, the Aston's going to come come out on top. But these Mercedes, look, they're ha hanging in there. They're not too far behind. Still, one little slip with half a lap to go. We've seen that before, haven't we, John? Oh, have we ever? two windward cars you could not get a third mercedes between them at the moment there's barely half a mercedes that's really really concentrated driving from alec yadel on his teammate i don't think he's going to go through as marcelli is stretched to 1.6 seconds at the front of the field carbon should come home in second because indy donchi hasn't been able to close down on him well what an up and down race leading taken off by the 33 Hyundai but will take the chequered flag and Aston Martin win at Mid-Ohio and the Mid-Ohio 120 goes to core racing fabulous drive from Kyle Marcelli and from his teammate before him that was lovely to watch through goes Westfall in second Donchi and Udell are third and fourth for Winwood Racing Seb Prio fifth for Multimatic he finishes off a very good drive then Turner Motorsport and Bill Oberlin. Jan Halen charged all the way at the end and was only half a second behind Bill Oberlin. That was seven. Then McEvan looks like Chad McCombie in the Ford Mustang GT4. Yes, he's gone through. And Eric Voss with that late pit stop rounds off the top ten. What about the TCRs? Simple answer. Well, Mason Felipe will be fifth. Harry Gossack will be sixth because they were a lap down and they've already taken the chequered flag. Gabby Chavez will be seventh. But what about the top positions? Well, James Vance is going to be on the edge of the top dozen. Top, top drive by Fast MG. Top drive by both of their drivers. And the Audi RS3 LMS GT3 will take the victory in TCR here. And it will be two Audis on the podium. Ryan Eversley uh, will hold on to second position for LA Honda World. And what a great race it's been for Ryan and for Tyler Hagler, who started the race and really put them in a fabulous position. Say exactly the same about John Morley and Road Shagger Racing. Gavin Ernstone did his bit at the beginning. So it's Fast MD, LA Honda World Racing and Road Shagger Racing, Audi, Honda, Audi in TCR. Pick the bones out of that, Jeremy Shaw. Excitement, entertainment, worth the price of admission? Definitely. So that was absolutely tremendous. And and look, uh, it's our sixth different manufacturer to win a race this season in GS. How amazing is that? Uh, the first race won by Mercedes, then Audi, uh, then McLaren, then BMW, then Chevrolet, now Aston Martin as well. Absolutely fantastic. Hats off to IMSA here. I think you know the Aston Martin is certainly very fleet on the straight on, in a straight line, but those other cars are pretty quick around the corners. And you know uh, this is a this is a handling track, so the Aston Martin certainly uh, is. Uh, it's a very fast car, uh, but it's been beautifully driven this weekend by Nate Stacey, who had the pole position, and Carl Marcelli brings home the victory. I'll let Jeremy do a little bit of arithmetic, and we'll get some points to you as well. But let's just revel for a moment in what we have witnessed, whether you were listening on IMSA Radio, on RS2, or on IMSA TV if you were watching there, you have just witnessed an absolutely quality two-hour sports car race, which has had it all. 
feel sorry for one or two of the guys who didn't quite get it done. Again, just coming up a bit short on the fuel for Murillo Racing, but they were contenders all the way through. Strangely off the pace after the pit stops for Turner Motorsport after their BMW M4 GT4 uh, had been good early on. And let's not forget, Robbie Foley set the fastest lap in the sister car before that had to go behind the wall. Uh, the 96 car was retired. Nate Stacey and Kyle Marcelli, what a drive. What a win for Aston Martin. Jeremy Shaw, what can you tell us about the point standings? Well, yeah, the uh, the Audi came in here with a one-point edge over the Aston Martin, but uh, we'll leave with a two-point deficit. It'll be Nate St Stacey and Carl Marcelli on 174 points to the 172 of Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall. But another race to go tomorrow, and then there's three more races in the season after that. So that's going to be a, a tremendous battle. Uh, with the problems again today for uh, Jim Cox and Dylan Murray and a disappointing finish for Alan Brilliolfson and Trent Inman, that car was punted off earlier earlier in the race of course they're going to fall quite a long way back now in the points standings and i think it's probably going to move yet yeah, russell ward i think will probably move up into the uh, third position in the overall points just about but uh, a long long way behind probably 30 points behind the two leaders fantastic stuff and in tcr James Vance, fast MD racing with Speed Syndicate. He brought it home. But to be fair, Jeremy, that was a great team effort for the number 23 team. Well, it was. And, yeah, the third pole position of the season. Uh, now uh, they've, they've been able to... Uh, to bring that car home to the chequered flag for the first time. Uh, very, very well-earned victory for that uh, that that number, what number number 23 team. I mean, look, they've been knocking on the door so many times. Both those two, they've already got one win to their credit, but the best finished this season prior to this weekend was a fourth place. So a great result for that uh, Speed Syndicate Motorsport with Fast MD Racing team. And in second position, nice to see the Hondas back on form as well. Uh, and that was a great... And again, top three in TCR, you've got to say, Jeremy, great team effort. The uh, lesser experienced drivers in at the beginning all played their part. Uh, and, and both second and third particularly, you could say that about John Morley and Ryan, Ryan Eversley. We know how good those guys are. But both Gavin Enstone and Tyler Hagler, they're nowhere near the experience of some of the drivers they had around them and they performed admirably in the first part of the race yeah they did and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great race all the way around just a just a, a quick tally of the points here in uh, in TCR it's uh, it's it's crazy close uh, one, I think uh, Ryan Norman and Gabby Chavez, they came here with a, with a two-point edge over Harry Gottsacker and Mark Wilkins. They will leave uh, going into tomorrow's race with a one-point edge, 170 to 169. And just two points behind the, them in third position is a third of the Brian Hurd at Sport Hyundais, Mason Felipe and Michael Lewis. Wow. So uh, they will be one, two, three in the points. This uh, fourth, the uh, the third place finish today for Gavin Ernstone and John Morley will be enough to move them up into the fourth position in the points on 154. So you're only 16 points off the championship lead with just over half of the season in the books. Jeremy Shaw was in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre with me. John Hindhoff, Shea Adam was our VP Racing Field Pit and Paddock reporter. And we have got another one of those 
tomorrow on Super Sunday. Well, we were supposed to be Super Saturday. It's Sublime Sunday. So much racing for you. Another 120 minutes. Thanks to our colleagues at NASCAR Productions up in Charlotte. That was a cracker. Stay tuned to IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Plenty more racing this Saturday from Mid-Ohio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.